This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line as we kick off another week of fun and excitement, an extra fun week, because the Liberty Forum is coming up at the end of the week, and I have to say, I'm looking forward to attending. Free Talk Live will be broadcasting live, and it's my understanding that Either the time is up or almost up for getting registered online. I'll get the details on that here as the show uh, continues on. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. So we'll start out with a story out of Tampa Bay. TampaBay.com, St. Petersburg Times reporting. The suspicious brown bag was found in a downtown building late Tuesday morning. Guards weren't comfortable opening the bag, but ran a metal detector over the package. The device went off. Dozens of people were evacuated. A street corner was shut down. The bomb squad was called. More than two hours later, police discovered what the bag contained. A croissant. After evacuating people around lunchtime, police let people back into the building around 2.45 in the afternoon and reopened nearby streets. The suspicious package was reported at about 11.30 in the morning. Uh, contains... Apparently, it was at a location which contains courtrooms and other government offices. Well, people in courtrooms don't eat croissants. Including veteran services, the tax collector, and the supervisor of elections. Authorities evacuated all ten floors and called the Tampa Bay Regional Bomb Squad to the scene. Package was found on the third floor by the Florida Office of the Judges and Compensation Claims. It was a brown paper bag propped against a door on the third floor. The door's about five feet from one of the elevators. Police said they didn't think the bag went through normal security protocols when it was brought into the building. Why would that be? How how would you get the bag into the building through other means? I mean, if, if it's a government building and there's a security protocol at the front door of the building, how else could it have gotten into the building? It's an excellent question. I suppose there could be a back door that government bureaucrats with special keys are allowed into, in which but, case one of the perps is one of your government uh, administrators or whatever. Right. Likely they just didn't know that it was this, a bag that had come through. More likely. Or, you know, somebody who's coming to work who didn't have to go through the metal detectors, which, you know, okay, whatever. Um, run your security however you want to run it, but um, they brought it with them. Judge Donna Remsider. Who, you know, the, 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 the little brown stains on the bag probably should have let everybody know. It was appointed to a state compensation judge, said she found the package and reported it to a security guard, but the guards didn't look in the bag. He, uh, the judge said that he wasn't comfortable doing anything with it. All along, she thought it might be someone's sandwich. But when guards ran a metal detector over the bag, she said the detector went off. It was unknown if there was anything else found inside the bag, like aluminum foil, that could have set off the device. What a surprise, aluminum foil. You know, um, <laughs> I've had more than one bagel where they, uh, well, they wrap the thing up in aluminum foil to kind of keep a little bit of the a heat in. A little in. warmth, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't have to be hot or anything like that. Just, no. you know, a little warmth. I think this story is uh, is really amusing because it shows how on edge these people are. I mean, they're afraid of a bag that in for well, no reason whatsoever. Ian, for no they, reason. No, no. They ought to be scared of them. The fact is that, um, that these government bureaucrats, and they know this. I mean, in their hearts, they know the kind of math that's going on here. They take from every man, woman, and child on, in, the state, in the United States of America at least 50% of their income in taxes, whether they're federal, state, income, um, and, and the, the myriad of taxes that are out there on all kinds 
kinds of different things, tobacco, alcohol, uh, you know, just different stuff, sales tax, everything gets taxed. Uh, if you look at that, and that's that's 50 percent, then you add in the taxes that go on top of the corporations because corporations aren't real. They just employ people. Those taxes get passed on to the employees and the customers of those corporations. Then you look at the regulations that are uh, on, you know, uh, that everybody has to deal with, whether it's from building their house and you know, complying with those regulations or running their business and all that other stuff and the cost of uh, of of those regulations and, um, you know, just complying with them. Mm-hmm. They understand that the government uh, system basically adds 80 percent of the cost of everything. They so what must you're saying understand is, this. So what you're saying so, is that they should expect to be, um, you know, bombed as a result. What, what happened with the IRS building a couple of weeks ago? Yeah. I mean, somebody flew an airplane in it because he was so frustrated. I'm not saying it's a good idea. No, no. It's a bad idea. It's not going to work. But, yes, they're but on edge realistic. because they yeah. have a giant, violent organization that forces everybody to comply with it. One size fits all. And if you don't like it, get out or go to jail. That's how they th- that's how their their op- that's how their operation works. Of course, they're on edge. Toll-free number here is 800-259-9231. Further heightening suspicion was the building employees told police they didn't recognize the package and that packages do not belong in the area where it was found. More than 70 people were then evacuated. About 30 people waited out the delay in the nearby Craftsman Gallery. So uh, just kind of an interesting response there and all of that over a croissant in a brown paper bag. 1-800-259-9231. 1-800-259-9231. It does make me wonder where did they get this uh, this uh, croissant and um, you know why is it in uh, just a plain brown paper bag? I mean why doesn't it have you know a Panera logo well, on it? Well, not like every uh, mom and pop bakery has their own logoed bags that right they can that. put things in. Yeah, you're right. So I would say it's likely that somebody went went down the street to some little hole in the wall shop kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, and got themselves a croissant for whatever reason. Left it by the elevator. I don't know. I mean, it, was it something designed to tweak them out, or was it just an, an accident? Oh, yeah. Well, if they even if they just left it there for a second while they went to use the bathroom or something like that, and then came back, and then there was this big hullabaloo about it, you can believe they're not going to clean yeah, their gonna, croissant at that point. They're going to slowly back away and yeah. uh, go find some papers to push somewhere. Yeah. But still, kind of strange it would be propped against a door on the third floor. On the other hand, maybe somebody or sent an intern or something like that to go get him a croissant, and uh, the kid co- came, you know, c- comes back, and whoever it was that sent him to get the uh, the food was out of the office at that time and just leaned it against the door. Figured, well, you know, so-and-so will come back here in a moment. They'll see their croissant, and th- that's that. But didn't work out that way. Any variety of things could have happened. There's no doubt. So the toll-free number again, 1-800-259-9231. We continue here uh, with the police and a story out of the UK, which really takes the, Orwell, uh, the Orwellian police state, I think, to the next level. This is, again, the same country where they have millions of cameras scattered about the streets in uh, various different places throughout the country. So they're... Uh, the people of the UK are, are being watched, or there's the potential of them being watched at all times. They don't have enough, of course, bureaucrats to actually watch all of the cameras. However, they've taken it to the next uh, step here with the independent.co.uk reporting that every police force in England and Wales will begin uh, being equipped with mobile fingerprint scanners to check the identity of subjects. Oh, I, I'm sorry, it says suspects uh, in the street, but maybe I repeat myself. 
Uh, up to 3,000 devices the size of a mobile phone will enable officers on patrol to cross-reference prints with national records. Senior officers claim the scheme would speed up criminal inquiries, bringing more people to justice and saving thousands of hours of police time. But fears have arisen the technology could contribute to the so-called surveillance state. <laughs> Who would have yeah. Fears have arisen. <laughs> and encourage random searches. Police said scanned fingerprints would only be stored for a short time while they were checked and would not be added to any databases. You believe them too, right? No, that won't happen. No, they're not going to store your information, just like the Social Security Department told you back in several decades ago that... Right there on the Social Security card, it said the information won't be used for, or this number should not be used for identification purposes. Nobody uses the Social Security number for ID today, do they? Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, it's required by pretty much every kind of financial application or job application or governmental application that you can possibly imagine. So when the government says one thing, uh, you don't want to necessarily take their word for it. In fact, I got the census uh, today in the mail, and it, it says on the census there that your information is private. You don't have to worry. The government's not going to use this information for anything but statistical information. No problems. Don't you worry about that, citizen. You know, and it's, it's, it's funny how um, the idea is is that you're just supposed to trust them with this information. We're They've going proven to keep, themselves trustworthy, right, haven't they, they? They use the term private as if, um, you know, well, we're not going to share this. And, and, of course, they lose the most information of anybody out there as the government loses it. Sure. And, you know, it, just giving the information to the government's the most dangerous. I mean, that's... The, of all the organizations out there, the government um, is, it's, to me, seems like the one that I would least want to have my information. We'll come back with more here. Uh, mobile fingerprint scanners. What's going to happen if you refuse to get your fingers scanned in the U.K.? 800-259-9231. You can bring up what you want. This is Free Talk Live. The legendary race into the night. The world's fastest sports car racing door-to-door for 12 hours in an epic showdown. Be there Saturday, March 20th at Sebring International Raceway. The 58th Annual Mobile One 12 Hours of Sebring presented by Fresh from Florida is coming March 20th. See Porsche, Corvette, Ferrari, Jaguar, BMW, Mazda, Acura, and other world-class racing teams battle in America's toughest road race. Gates open on Wednesday, March 17th. Order your tickets today. Call 800-626- Seven two two three, or visit SebringRaceway.com. See the cars and stars of the American Le Mans Series, seven supporting races, vintage race cars, driver autograph sessions, the party zone, and much more. Four days of family fun at Sebring. Children 12 and under admitted free. For more info, visit SebringRaceway.com. The 58th Annual Mobile One, 12 Hours of Sebring, presented by Fresh from Florida. March 20th is the date. Sebring is the place. Order your tickets at SebringRaceway.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Just dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features we give to you, including various different ways to listen to the show. Of course, you've got our great radio affiliates, but online you can tune in via our broadband dial-up versions, our webcam. You can also get listen lines, which allow you to call in Via any phone that can dial long distance and listen into Free Talk Live. Go to listen.freetalklive.com 
and get interactive. Uh, Listen.freetalklive.com. And the Institute for Humane Studies Summer Seminar Program is now accepting applications. You can uh, go to libertarianseminars.com and see the whole list of them there. There's uh, Liberty and Education, Radicals for Capitalism, Ideas of a Free Society, Liberty and Leviathan. They're in locations uh, in major cities around the country, and the IHS provides meals and housing while you're there at the seminar. The deadline is March the 31st. This deadline is is very, very firm. So if you don't get it uh, get in by March the 31st, you will not be going to these uh, seminars. These are for, you know, late, I believe, uh, people just out of high school, college age, uh, just out of college, that kind of thing. LibertarianSeminars.com. All right, so we continue with the news out of the U.K., and in case you're new to the program, this is particularly relevant, even if you're in the United States or some other country, because, well, bureaucrats copy each other. They try out some new tyrannical thing, wherever it is they are, and then other bureaucrats around the rest of the world are eyeing them cautiously, waiting to see what the response is, waiting to see if they get away with it. And if they do, then all of a sudden you'll see the idea pop up in New York City or Chicago or D.C. or something like that. So just be be patient and wait and see how soon mobile fingerprint scanners pop up in the United States because they are talking about doing this. Uh, in fact, they're doing more than talking about it. It says that every police force, according to the Independent in the U.K., will be equipped with mobile fingerprint scanners, up to 3,000 of them, in what is a over 9 million pound contract over three years with the National Police Improvement Agency. So some lucky company that's manufacturing these 3,000 scanners will be cashing in pretty uh, pretty big time. Oh, yeah, that's a nice contract. A limited trial of 330 mobile fingerprint devices in which heavier machines were carried by motorway patrols started all the way back in 2006. So, really, this is kind of old news. I mean, they've been, they've been testing the technology on the streets for the last three years, three or four years. Uh, it eventually involved 28 forces. The pilot program, known as Operation Lantern, showed officers saved at least 30 minutes every time they used a machine. The technology was also used to identify murder victims and people left unconscious or incapable as a result of road crashes. Now, I can see that. You know, that's kind of a cool use of it if you're actually using fingerprints to identify a cadaver or something that to where you've actually got a real crime uh, that has been committed. But unfortunately, the government police aren't. You know, they're not known for holding themselves to real crimes. They are interested in busting people for all kinds of made-up crap. And so, inevitably, this will be used to just wholesale harass people on the street. If they don't like the way you look, they're going to come up to you and demand that you give them your fingerprint so they can run a check on you and make sure there's no warrants out for your arrest. Just essentially go on fishing expeditions, picking on people driving beaters, picking on long hairs, picking on blacks, picking on Hispanics. People protesting the government. That, too. Uh, in fact, tomorrow night we may be hearing from Pete Ayer from the Motorhome Diaries at MotorhomeDiaries.com. He got into something uh, recently. You can see the video over at CopBlock. I think it's CopBlock.org. But you can see uh, see the video over at CopBlock where he is confronted by a police, couple police officers in Santa Fe, New Mexico, because he was open carrying. And in the video, the police ask him if he has his ID. He responds he does have the ID, but that he doesn't want to show it because he doesn't think he's he's broken any laws. And he asked the question, am I legally required to? Now, whenever you ask a cop that question, of course they're going to say yes. Even if they're lying to you, they're, 
they they will say yes. Um, I, maybe a different question to ask, and I don't know how successful this one will be, is, well, what obligation do I have to show that to you? That's that's a little more open-ended than am I legally required to, uh, to show it to you. But nonetheless, what was most interesting about the video is that Pete stands his ground, and even though the cops are saying, yes, you're legally required to show it to us, he eventually turns around and walks away from the encounter successfully. So it really turned into quite a success story video, uh, and, and again, people can go see that, I think, at copblock.org, but uh, it relates it really to makes this. one wonder if, if, in fact, these officers weren't lying, and, and it, you know, of course they're they allowed were lying. to lie. They're allowed to do, say whatever they want. I mean, that's what the, yeah. the courts have ruled. Um, to get and, you to admit to something, to get you to bow down, they'll right. tell you whatever they need to tell you. If they weren't lying, then why didn't they tackle this guy who exactly. was breaking the law? Exactly. So I think that I think that's relevant here because had the officers in that particular case had a fingerprint scanner, they would have said, "Step forward, we need you to scan your fingerprints." And so I don't know if uh, there, if you'll be arrested if you refuse the fingerprint scanner in the UK because I don't know exactly what the uh, we're not sure what their rules are for police contacts and things like that. And here in the United States, when the police uh, walk up to you on the street and start asking you questions, that's usually considered a contact. Unless you're being detained under some sort of reasonable, articulable suspicion that you have committed a crime or are committing a crime or are about to uh, commit a crime. If, if the cop's just asking you questions and you aren't being detained for, an, or for reasonable, articulable suspicion, you have the, the ability to just walk away. Now, I wonder for many of our U.K. listeners if, that, if it's a similar situation with U.K. cops. If you know, please uh, clarify if you're up- across the pond at 800-259-9231. So were they to just use, these, uh, new, uh, were they to just use this new tech to identify corpses and, and things like that, people in accidents, I wouldn't have a problem with it. But I know that it's going to be used for more than that. The device works by electronically scanning the subject's index fingers. The results are then encrypted and sent to a central database. Images then cross-referenced against a national fingerprint collection of 8.3 million prints. Each search takes less than two minutes. You know, fingerprints are amazing things. Can you imagine that uh, they're... Uh, you know, they've got 8 million index fingerprints of these mm-hmm. uh, swirly designs on somebody's finger, and they don't match each other. Now, yep. I mean, you can kind of believe it if you take, like, the whole print on the whole hand or 10 prints on 10 fingers or mm-hmm. something like that. But one print doesn't match, and 8 million doesn't match someone else's? Fingerprints are amazing. Identification is crucial, uh, crucial to police investigations and giving officers the ability to do this on the spot within minutes is giving them more time to spend working in their communities, helping to fight crime, bringing more offenders to justice, and better protecting the public. If only, Locking people up and costing yeah. uh, taxpayers uh, money for people that have never hurt anyone. If only that's what they were doing with them. If only we actually had police departments whose only sole job it was to protect people... From the violence or the uh, d- the destruction of property of others, if that's what the police were here for, we wouldn't have anything to talk about them. If they weren't out d- being corrupt and stealing people's money and taking drugs and putting peaceful people in prison cells who've never harmed another person, th- this wouldn't even cross our desk. We would, if if all the police were doing was busting violent criminals from hurting people or destroying cro- property, advances like this would be like, oh, great, no problem. 
Yeah, it, it it wouldn't be any big deal at all. Free Talk Live would be back doing what we uh, you know started doing, which is sort of you know just a call in show, call in and talk about anything you want. There you go. Well, it is still that show, and you yeah. still can call in about anything. We'll go to your phone calls here in moments. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. Big weekend for the Free State Project. We'll uh, get to that news coming up here. And again, take your calls about anything. Take control of the airwaves. 800-259-9231. It's Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you might want to. Just dial on in toll-free at 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. Get signed up, and we'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. You can just go to news.freetalklive.com and choose between one of our three options. You can get on our updates list. You can do all three if you want. Uh, but you can go to updates.freetalklive.com or twitter.freetalklive.com to get uh, to access our Twitter account or Facebook freetalklive.com to become a fan of our Facebook page. All three ways, different options for you to get basically the same news. Uh, so whatever it is that uh, that works best for you, go ahead and sign up. Though if you sign up for the updates list, that'll get you qualified for access to some of the contests that we do. Every contest involves rules, and every winner knows the rules and how to use them to their advantage. Jurisdictionary explains how to use the rules step by step. Forms and how to get evidence, how to move the court, and set hearings, how to do research and to draft pleadings, etc. It's all there at Jurisdictionary.com. They're the leader in lawsuit self-help since 1997. People assure us that an average 8th grader can grasp it all in less than 24 hours. This is not complicated stuff. This is the, the nuts and bolts of how to handle your own pro se case at Jurisdictionary.com. It's created by a lawyer who wants you to know how to protect yourself from other members of his profession, <laughs> jurisdictionary.com. They got a little pull-down menu there. Make sure you put Free Talk Live in uh, when you're uh, making your purchase. This is uh, recommended, by the way, by uh, Sam, our co-host here, who's a kind of uh, uh, you know our legal guru. <laughs> so, uh, jurisdictionary.com. Check it out. All right, we go to your phone calls about what do you want to start out. Dave is in New Hampshire. Dave, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey guys. Hey, it's Dave from IdlyReport.com. That's me. Dave, what's on your mind tonight? I can't believe I'm the first one to mention this tonight. Uh, 10,000 people have just pledged they're going to fall back to New Hampshire for more liberty. 10,000 people. I have to say that is pretty uh, pretty exciting, pretty awesome. It actually uh, went down over the weekend, did it not? Uh, last night. Fantastic. So, Dave, uh, you're out there really pounding it hard uh, promoting this. I mean, you're reaching out to various different media organizations and that kind of thing, right? Correct. So uh, have you gotten any responses so far from anyone? Well, I didn't leave most, much of my own contact information on the news release I sent out, I but I did get a call anyway from the Telegraph here in, in Nashua, New Hampshire. Oh, great. Uh, they, for some reason, they called me instead of whoever I listed on the on the release, but basically, I listed uh, uh, a couple other people: the president of the Free State Project and a former president. 
So, of course, we're talking about the Free State Project, a movement of thousands. Over 10,000 have signed now. We're looking to get 20,000 signers. Uh, 10,000 people uh, have signed to move their lives to New, to New Hampshire in order to get active for freedom. <clears throat> and uh, it's pretty exciting because Mark and I and uh, Dave, we're all participants in this project. We're all early movers. Uh, to New Hampshire, and, and we've seen progress here uh, with you know just the few movers that you know the, the about a thousand movers that have moved for the Free State Project. No, I would say it's probably more like a few hundred. Uh, there are 800 people that are in state, but a portion of them were already here when the the, the, the when New Hampshire was chosen. You keep saying that, and I just disagree with that number. Yeah, well, I, I mean, like to use the official numbers, Mark, because it just seems more I, honest. The official number is an official. It's yeah, somewhere it's between, on the website. It's some. Well, that makes it's it somewhere fun. between five and six hundred that have moved. Yeah. That, that's the claim, Dave. Mark I'm likes saying, to just make up another few hundred because he believes that they've moved. He I've doesn't have any them. actual I've evidence. I've met plenty of them. That's so evidence, you haven't right? met hundreds of them? I, how can I meet hundreds okay, of them? Okay, so I don't think you should cite it then. Uh, how can you say that these others are true? They've they've certified that they've moved. Th- they've those, contacted the Free State Project. All, yeah, that, it's a portion of them. That's all yeah. I'm saying. Sure. So, anyway, so those folks have come here, and they've gotten active, and they have made a difference already. And I think it's the activism of the, the first few hundred that have made the move here that are really going to pave the way and make it even easier uh, for people to come here. Of course, it's already to the point where an activist that wants to come up to New Hampshire just simply has to announce he or she or the family or whoever it is is coming up and when they're arriving and where they're coming. And then all of a sudden, a dozen or two dozen people show up at their house uh, in which they are going to move and uh, help them unload their moving truck and everything. So really, it's just it's becoming something to where people can just come here and plug into the already existing activist networks and social opportunities. And and of course, if they don't see the uh, the opportunities or activism that they want to see, they can just start something, and people will just start showing up if they have similar interests. I mean, Dave, has that been your experience so far? Yeah, of course. I mean, it's like uh, Steve Cobb used to say: the first dimension of association is liberty. It's even more important than family in many cases. Yeah, and it really is, I think, becoming a family. I think it's uh, the activists here are really – I, I feel close to them. I feel uh, that there's – when you meet them for the first time, if you're coming up to like the Liberty Forum this weekend or the Porcupine Freedom Festival, a common uh, comment that you'll hear from people is that – they feel like they've known these folks their whole lives, even though they haven't. I mean, even though they've never maybe met them before, there's such a, a close connection ideologically that everybody feels like a friend automatically. Do you, do you get that too? Oh, yeah. I remember the first time I ever went, went to a Free Stater meeting. It was in Texas. I lived in Dallas. It was pretty quick. You know, these friendships really form, formed up and uh, you know, this bonding experience. I mean, sometimes we'll run into people who are still in Texas and haven't moved, but they were in that group. And I, I still feel uh, like I know them pretty well, you know, even if I haven't seen them for six years. Absolutely right. Of course, you are uh, the the man behind RidleyReport.com. People can go there, and, and the Ridley Report is a great way for folks on the outside of New Hampshire and people inside. But uh, for anybody that's interested in the Free State Project and some of the things that are going on here, it's a great window, I think, into the world of activism. Uh, You do regular video reporting from here in New Hampshire. Sometimes you cover things that are not necessarily happening here in New Hampshire, but mostly it's fairly New Hampshire activism-centric, and it's a real great way to get an eyeball on some of the the activism goings-on here, get to know some of the activists. Uh, You interview a number of them, and there's just all kinds of great coverage there. So I recommend that people go, if they haven't yet, and subscribe to your YouTube channel and they can do that through RidleyReport.com. Actually, there's a uh, video I just put up today about the five, the 10,000 mark. 
Very good, Dave. So Was there anything that else? That kind of goes into the video. I did have some other uh, thought. I mean, we maybe we ought to be thinking a little bit about what happens next, like getting the next 10,000. Um, oh, I agree. Uh, I agree. I think that uh, this will be easy, right? Because I mean, we've got 10,000 now, so all everybody has to do is just find one more uh, one more person. Well, Dave, well, that's what we thought when we hit 5,000. We thought it would be easy to get from there to 20,000, and it wasn't. It was much harder to yeah, do that than it was to move people it's here. It's true. So, it's, it's because most people don't really actually do much. You have, still, the 80-20 rule is in effect where 20% do uh, 80% of the work and the other 80% do 20%. Dave, I uh, I really am still working on my program to uh, to, to get the, yeah, the, the next 10 thousand signed up i know it uh, it's been it's been a couple of months since i got approval from the board but it's been kind of arduous getting these these things done and and getting over some of the sort of administrative hurdles i don't want to get other people involved until i'm confident that uh that that, that i've got something that's going to work and uh you know I'm, i don't want to go off half cocked but i i swear something's going to be rolled out here in the next few weeks maybe a month dave you have I'm not pro- complaining I, I like mark's idea but you know the idea of sort of outbound calls or whatnot but but I thought another concept would be to try and replicate what the, you know, there were certain factors that got us to 5,000 quickly, and I yes. think we might be able to replicate those. And my idea was maybe we should have another vote of some kind where, where people are voting on maybe the way some money is spent or maybe which town they endorse in New Hampshire to move to. Something like that to get the debate and a buzz going like we had in 2003. I think it's a great idea. I think there was a – when the Free State Project was considering which state to choose, there were 10 different states – uh, Alaska, Wyoming, New Hampshire, Vermont, Maine, there was Delaware, a handful of others as well uh, that were essentially vying for the uh, the votes of the first 5,000. Because once the project reached 5,000 participants, the first 5,000 were then qualified to vote on which of the 10 states it would be. New Hampshire overwhelmingly won, but you're right, Dave, there was a lot of buzz, there was a lot of activity. People wanted to get in there so they could vote on the uh, on the first state. And of course, the New Hampshire activists at that time really did the best job of promoting their state. They had the most persuasive uh, materials and pitch, basically. And so I think it'd be it'd be kind of fun to have something similar for the various different places uh, to move. It wouldn't be su- it wouldn't be in any way uh, official, right? They would just be people airing their opinions. Well, it could be. I mean, I, I think ideally it would be an official free state project endorsement or something like that, or an official endorsement of the 10,000 that this signed between here and, and, and 20,000. Dave, as always, great talking to you. RidleyReport.com is your website. Thanks for the call and the update tonight. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. American patriots, would you like to spend a day or two with other freedom-loving Americans? Learn rifle marksmanship while hearing the real story behind the American Revolution? If you said yes, then the Appleseed program is for you. Part shooting school, part oral history lesson, Appleseed has trained thousands of Americans nationwide. And with hundreds of shoots scheduled this year, you can be sure there's one near you. For more information, go to AppleseedInfo.org. That's AppleseedInfo.org. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 800 800- 259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features there are free. If you enjoy the program and you want to help support Free Talk Live, well, you can shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Enter Amazon through that link. And Free Talk Live gets a percentage of your purchase. You just start your shopping there. Free Super Saver shipping on a whole bunch of their brand new items. You can even save a few extra bucks by going used on a lot of stuff. 
dozens of categories in which to shop. You know Amazon. You trust Amazon. It's the same Amazon. You just enter through our portal, and Free Talk Live gets a cut. Amazon.freetalklive.com. If there's one thing in the world I'd strongly recommend for you to get free, um, for your ham- for you and your family without hesitation, it'd be the Tiger Light T100 non-lethal personal protection device. It is a combination really bright flashlight with a uh, with a pepper spray right in the handle and that means that they that the, the people you love or you have a, a a non-lethal device that has the stopping power of a handgun right there in your hand when you're out exercising or walking the dog or whatever it is uh, wherever you're going um, you know, at night, and many people carry them during the day. It's the Tiger Light. Uh, check it out at tiger.freetalklive.com. I've got one. Ian, you've got one. Tiger.freetalklive.com. We continue with your phone calls. Ryan, listening in Virginia uh, to Free Talk Live. Hello, Ryan. Ryan? Hey, guys. Hey, you're hey, on here. hey, I just wanted to uh, call in because uh, a couple weeks ago you guys were talking about climate change, and you guys were uh, – Banging the drum that, that people breathing out is a big problem. So I just wanted to. Well, to I, I don't think I was banging that, that drum. I'm I'm not concerned personally. Okay. Well, you were uh, you were saying that people were saying that, then. Okay. and uh, it's just it's just simply not true. And it's it's a problematic thing because I think this is a an issue that that could, in theory, be uh, really important. And it, it's important not to muddle these these sorts of. Uh, discussions with untruths, I think. So I like to, to help point out the, the truth when I can. So you're saying that it is not a, not necessarily dangerous for people, to, dangerous to the climate for people to be breathing out? Absolutely not, because that's all part of very short-term cycles, and they get that, that carbon from the food that was just growing momentarily ago, and if they didn't eat it and burn it, then microbes would, and it would still turn into the same amount of things. So the, uh, if, the analogy is... Hold on, wait a second. Now, if people were able to, whatever reason, uh, you know, cut in half their amount of expired carbon dioxide, would the ca- carbon dioxide that's uh, expired by, or, you know, released by burning uh, carbon-based fuels like coal and, and um, you know, oil and, and those kind of things, gasoline, would that be used by these same microbes and, and for the same processes? Only, um, there would be no change in the net output of CO2 unless you took all the food those people were going to eat and then buried it underground or removed it in some way from the atmosphere. So, what do you mean by that? I think that, no, hold on. Um, that's, that wasn't the question that I asked. The question um, that I asked is, if for whatever reason, human the human population, as a matter of fact, all living beasts that humans love or uh, or eat, um, were able to cut in half their amount of expired CO2, would the CO2 that is released by burning carbon fuels be used for the same purposes that you said that CO2 is used for in this short-term cycle? How would they How would they cut their CO2 use in half? I'm not. That's not the question. That, 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 that's, 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 it's very important. Though. I think that's pretty relevant. It, no, uh, it's not because you see the CO2 expired by humans and the CO2 that's released by the burning of, of, of carbon yes, fuels is. is the same stuff, and it goes into this sort of aggregate. Now I understand that the CO2. Wait, I'm not let's, done. The CO2 yes. released um, in burning of carbon fuels adds to it, it it adds on top but you know if there was the no. fact is the numbers all the numbers add up so if you got one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve all the way up to a uh, one million and one it's not one million and one that counts it's all the numbers that added up to one million and one i i understand what you're saying let me uh perhaps this analogy will clear things up a bit um inflation uh, of, of currency if i spend money does that cause inflation no but if I add money from outside the system, add, make new money, does that cause inflation? 
Um, that is inflation. That is inflation. Yes. And if I were to remove money from the system, does that cause deflation? That's, no. That, removing money? Yeah, that removing – Well, that, 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 deflating I, the money supply I guess that is, is deflating yeah. – I'm yeah. sorry. I'm thinking that would about be deflation. Yeah. Um, the the, the, the uh, climate change CO2 is exactly the same thing. You've got a monetary system where things cycle through the system, and then you've got big areas of, of stuff that you're digging up and adding new to the system and or areas that you're removing things. You're from the defining system. the system any way you want to define it. You're no, defining the system, I, you're defining the system, system as, as a short-term uh, system. As, as but available the system, in short-term the atmosphere. Right. You're defining the system as this short-term situation. But the fact yeah, is the that system is, the, that is, is the a long-term part. system. And who's to no. say that humans burning fossil fuels isn't part of this long-term system? I mean, if, if, you're, if you're claiming that, prove in your thesis that humans yeah. aren't, aren't the uh, larval stage of a machine race. I mean, it's you're just defining no, parameters as you wish, as if no, no, they're no, going to not. remain That's, the same. I'm, 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 I'm making sure that you know what is actually important in this discussion. I'm, you're making sure that I'm uh, defining the, the scenario in your terms, which is a great way to win an argument. I'm confused. I'm talking from the point of science. This is like to, what matters is how much total carbon is in the atmosphere. What's underground doesn't count in this particular equation. So would you agree that... The gold underground doesn't devalue gold that isn't currently in the system. So would you agree that methane um, released by cattle and sheep and things that humans eat is a far greater problem as far as uh, greenhouse gases than than carbon dioxide? On a per-molecule basis, yes. Okay, and that that um, so therefore that people... There are many, 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 many more carbon dioxide molecules than our methane molecules. So you're, 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 you're claiming that people couldn't drive a Hummer and be a vegetarian and do more for the atmosphere. They, ab- they absolutely would, but it's not because of the methane. It's because of the CO2 used in the production of the livestock. Uh, but fine. I mean, who cares what the reason is? It's fuel burned it's, uh, or turned into fertilizer. It's, it's not about the methane. It's not about what they do. It's about, you know, burning natural gas to make fertilizer or uh, burning fuel to to turn the soil and so, things to market. Is your claim after the East Anglia um, University, uh, you know, professor comes out and says that the, the climate isn't warming, um, that your claim that the carbon dioxide is still causing global climate change? Um, I actually am not 100% certain on that, but yes, probably. That's 15 years is a very short time period in, in the times of things that we're talking about. Uh, you know, I mean, shouldn't there be some evidence if we're going to, you know, just, uh, you know, we're just going to believe, uh, believe something, a system that will uh, implement world socialism, um, that will See, implement here, there's the, regulations. There's a real problem. There's a real problem. World socialism isn't the only solution to this sort of thing. And people who believe in freedom shouldn't be arguing against the science. They should be arguing against the proposed solution. The people, and that's the biggest issue. No one can know science because um, the, the fact is the organizations that have the science are manipulating the data. I mean, that's the that's the long and the short of this. I couldn't understand the science if it was laid in front of me. That science is getting dished out by organizations that then you know spin it in whatever direction they want. You can't talk science with lay people because they don't have a lifetime to dedicate to this. Absolutely, and that's why I'm trying. I, I try to boil it down as much as I can in these kind of situations. And there's, there are things that are it's a very complicated discussion. I guess is what right. I'm it's saying. complicated, and, except that people want to destroy our liberties in order to get to the end of it. And I will do. The, and the, 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 the evidence to me is, to is that, some small hmm? changes in your lifestyle will do far more than these politicians no. um, are going to do. 
Well, the, the key is to, the key is not to discuss, not to tell these people that the science isn't happening or the things that are happening aren't happening. It's to tell them their solutions aren't workable. So, um, you know, since everything oxidizes and um, you just claim that 15 years isn't really big, any big deal, um, things oxidize over time. So what's the big deal of uh, burning things that uh, would oxidize anyway into the atmosphere? Because those have, those have been underground for 65 million years. Okay. Well, so that's, they're going to go away thing. at some point, right? I, I mean, I, we're, we're past peak oil, right? So the worst I'm of the, we're past peak oil, so the worst of the problems are are, are done. Yes, absolutely. So, so the, the, I, I, I but still the, very, the exact same solutions that are going to fix quote unquote fix climate change will be the solutions to the fact that we are past peak oil and we need energy. I still don't really understand why anyone cares if the climate is changing. Like, even if all of this is true, so what? It's mostly it's mostly a bet hedger. Uh, you know, there's this, there's this thing going on called climate, and uh, us throwing a monkey wrench in it uh, is, a, is a big wild card. We don't really know what's going to happen. I so agree. The, the idea is that you should not be uh, fiddling with things that you don't quite understand. Well, I, I think that uh, we've been fiddling with things we don't quite understand for a long time. It's how we learn. We fiddle with things and then... Well, yes, uh, but this, this is a big thing that, in theory, if you believe certain people, certain groups of people, that we're probably going to break it. There's thanks. very good data that we could break it. Ryan, thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. You cannot break the planet. That's not possible. You may, you may change how life uh, you know lives on the planet, but you can't break it. 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Okay, so it gets a little warmer or a little colder. So? It does that all the time. Yeah. More coming up. Hour number two is on the way. It's Free Talk Live. How long can you hold your breath? Not long. After air, water is the most critical factor for life. There are dozens of toxic substances in tap water, even pharmaceutical drugs that city processing can't remove. Sadly, most bottled water isn't much better. The chemicals in the bottles themselves are a serious health concern and a huge environmental problem. Filtering your own drinking water is the logical answer. You'll have a much better quality of water and save a bunch of money, too. Aquasana filters are thorough and more affordable per gallon than even pitcher-type filters. Aquasana is consistently voted the best choice by Consumers Digest. The filters are easy to use and install. Call 866-NO-BOTTLE to order or link online through freetalklive.com. If you'd like a 20% discount, and who wouldn't, when ordering online, use the discount code FTL. Again, that's FTL. Or call toll-free 866-NO-BOTTLE and tell them we sent you to get a great discount on all Aquasana products. Drink smart. 1-866-NO-BOTTLE. This is Free Talk Live. Take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231 as we launch here into the second hour of the program tonight. It's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. Features are free, so enjoy those on us. And that's Free Talk Live. Dot com. Much to discuss here. Uh, we'll start things out, though, with your phone call. Sam is in Iowa to start things out tonight, this hour at least. Sam, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, guys. How you doing? Hey, Sam. What's on your mind tonight? Um, Not much. I'm a short-time listener, first-time caller. Okay. Great to talk to you guys. Uh, first of all, though, before I get to my main point, I just wanted to make a couple of quick comments. Uh, you were talking about the Free State Project earlier, hidden 10,000. That's right. That's that's sweet. Um. I just want to say I, I actually just joined like last week. Oh, great. I was like number 
9,974, something like that. Fantastic. But uh, I plan on moving out there next fall. If I can get things together. Next fall is, now, some people, when they say next, do you mean this yeah, coming 2010. fall? 2010. Okay, 2010, so this fall. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, hopefully. Um, great. But yeah, 10,000 people, that's great. And just another thing, um, I understand that you guys don't have guests regularly, but I was just wondering if you had ever considered interviewing Butler Schaefer. Uh, from LouRockwell.com? Yeah. No, I've uh, I've not. Uh, he's he's pretty much like a, a gold expert, right? A gold expert? No, My, maybe uh, I'm mistaken. No, he's a you know a voluntarist philosopher, uh, just a great writer. He's like a law professor, I think. But uh, anyway, just a suggestion. I think he's really great. Okay. You guys would really like him. I certainly but appreciate anyway. that. Go ahead with your uh, your other thoughts. Yeah, right. Basically, the reason I just called was uh, I'm having a kind of dilemma here. Hmm. Uh, a dispute with my landlord concerning property rights and contract, I guess. But, you know, I just wanted to get your guys' perspective and All maybe right. adv- advice on this. So what's up? There's a, it's kind of a moral dilemma. But basically, I guess just to tell the story in a linear fashion real quick here, um, it all started a couple weeks ago. I was driving my car right to the grocery store, and I accidentally <laughs> did something pretty careless. I just... I locked my keys inside my car. Uh oh. Yep, that happens. Uh, that happens. Yeah. Yeah. That's the reason I have AAA. I, you know, I lock them in. So I used to lock them in so often that I had to had to have AAA. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty stupid thing. But uh, normally that that wouldn't be a problem because you know I got a spare key at my apartment. But you know, as luck would have it, I locked my apartment key in, in the, the car. car as well. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Of course, obviously. So basically, I had to. Uh, I ended up calling like. My landlord companies, like, uh, you know, after hours line. Mm-hmm. And I had some guy come out and, you know, unlock my apartment, get me out and, and all that. So I could get back into my room. But, uh, you know, and everything was okay. I thought that was the end of it. But, like, last Friday, I got a bill from my landlord saying that I owe $90 for them unlocking my door. Is that in your lease? Which is. You know what? This is the thing. I I reviewed my lease, and it's in there. So technically, yes, I did sign a contract agreeing to that, but I don't know. I still feel like... Well, it's kind of like it, when you go to the restaurant. It, this What this sounds like is one of those situations where you go to the restaurant, and the uh, the waitress says, um, you know, you, you, you order the, the bread rolls, and they say, would you like some butter on that? Sure, I'd love some butter on that. Turns out the butter's five fifty, mm. you know, and like you yeah. had no idea, and they do this crap to you, um, you know, all Sounds the time. Sounds like a pretty ritzy restaurant that would do well, whatever. Like I'm that. just I'm, I'm making up the circumstances, yeah. but everybody's had this where they're, um, would you like a refill on your soda? And then it's one of these crappy restaurants where the where the the restaurant Refills charges you for yeah. the refill, and um, you know, it's it's one thing if it comes in a can and you know, you've just charged them another one, but it's if it's a fountain drink, right? If it's fountain drink, it costs cents for them to right. Provide. So uh, you know, it was this one of those scenarios where uh, you felt like this was sort of an included service kind of thing. You have lockout service along with your rent. Um, or And you didn't really know that you were going to get charged for this and he didn't mention a price to you, that kind of thing? Yeah, it's like that. Like well, like I said, it's, it's in specifically my contract, you know. It's in your contract, so he shouldn't have to mention it. I mean, it's already been mentioned in the, in the beginning when you signed up for the... How long's the, the lease? For the apartment. How long's the lease? The lease is like a year and I no, signed... No, no, how long? Like, in pages. Oh, 
Uh, gosh, a few pages. Six six pages front and back. Uh, something like that, yeah. And um, but, uh, you know, hidden in there somewhere, it turns out once you pour over it, that sure enough, there's doesn't a, seem there's unreasonable a for to it. me. He's got to call somebody at midnight or whatever, at whatever time it was. I know. He said it was I after just think hours. it's crappy. I'm not saying he's he got to call it. somebody out, and he's got to. I don't think it's crappy at all. He's got to call somebody out who was doing something else with their time at at whatever time this was. They've got to come out from whatever it is they were doing to come rescue your absent-minded self who locked the keys in uh, yeah. in your your car, and and they, you know, there's a charge. For that service, I don't think it's it's unreasonable at all. Well, um, what if, if it was unreasonable, yeah. you should have dis, you should have negotiated at the time of signing the lease. But wait, there's, there's always times for negotiations, Ian. And now, what about um, in this situation? How much of this charge is? How much of that ninety bucks is going to the guy um, and the company that came out and unlocked the door? How much of it's going to your landlord? Who knows? I don't know. Uh, just to clarify a few things. First of all, um, I, I called like an emergency line. Like I, I think it's, you know, like they have, you know, an after-hours operation. So it's not like I specifically called the landlord and he had to make an exception. Like they have this, you know, an, an emergency service type thing, I guess, if you will, that they do. And uh, but no, certainly, you know, it costs money to do that and come out. But the thing is, like he didn't, they didn't say at the time that it would cost anything. The implication was that it's going to be free. And even I, don't see how it was impl- I don't see how that was implied. Wait a second. Um, and, and there's also situations, and I'm, I'm only going pulling off of life experience here. It seems like there's also situations where they sort of make it seem like, oh, don't worry about it. We'll just come right out and take care of it for you. And you don't have any idea that it's going to cost you anything. And I think that is wrong. If you don't have any idea, I mean, this is one thing that you need to get, you know, that the landlord needs to demand from this company is that, look, when my people call, they have to know there's a charge here. Well, I and think that, that makes sense. It, I'm not, you know, I understand about the contract and everything, but it's it's immoral. It's a it's the wrong way to act. I mean, if if yeah, what I, if what if it had been five thousand dollars, Ian? I don't think it was immoral per se. I think it was poor customer service. I think it makes more what sense. What if it was five? Five thousand. I think it makes. Then it would, he would just be on the hook for it. He signed the agreement. But you, mean, you, you're out of your mind, dude. It's right there's there such in the thing agreement. as yeah. wrong agreements, and there's bad and and yes, bad customer service. I think that it's good customer service to say, sure, that'll be ninety bucks. We'll send somebody right out. Uh, I think that makes sense. But to say that, well, he should have that, that there was some sort of suggestion this would have been free. It didn't sound that way to me. You signed the agreement that said it was ninety bucks. You said a it was right ago. there. How are you so? supposed to you remember that? That's, you don't have to remember it. You signed it at the time. You could have looked at it and said, wow, that's a lot of money for letting me into my house if I lock the keys out. If they let it, if they let you have that for free, then nobody cares if they lock their keys out. If there's no incentive uh, at that point, uh, Sam, to, uh, to 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 pay attention uh, to what you're doing because your landlord will just bail you out. I don't think there's anything unreasonable. Maybe it was a little too expensive. Sam, I don't know. He would be supporting yeah. this if it was a million dollars. He doesn't care. To him, contracts are law. The man is so rigid, he doesn't understand real life. Yeah, if I may, I mean, um, I know I, I understand that, you know, I was pretty irresponsible and technically I did sign the contract, so I, I should have known. 
Yeah. I know, stupid me. But, but yeah, what if the contract, uh, uh, Sam? If what if you hadn't read the whole thing, all six pages front and back, uh, for a total of twelve copies or whatever yeah. it is, and I mean, uh, it said it, that you had been in, you had indentured yourself for uh, the remainder of your life to this guy if you made this telephone call. I mean, would, well, would if you, you at that point the, would he be indentured you, for the if, rest of his life? If you haven't read and yeah. agreed to the contract, then you don't have a contract. At that point, they can take your uh, at that point they can take your security deposit and kick you out of the house if you don't want to agree to the agreement. Then, uh, then the contract's null at that point. If you haven't come to a meeting of the minds and you're saying that well, – if what you're saying is you did not read the contract and sign it, then yeah, it's not a valid contract, I don't think, at that point. Uh, but then again, then at that point, you can't be held – you can't hold them to returning your security deposit at that point because it's not a valid contract. You gave See, them a check for a security deposit without even knowing what you were getting into. Here's what I want you to – Buyer beware. Here's what I think you need to do, Sam. I think you need to tell the landlord you'll, you'll pay that $90, um, but you'll do it after he's – sends a letter to the uh, contracted company there, whatever, that takes care of the services, saying that they must tell his renters in the future that there's a charge for them coming out. Uh, I think that maybe you should suggest that the landlord tell them that, but Look, to don't say, write well, that check. I'll pay it after you do this, because then he's in violation of his contract if he doesn't pay for the, the charge. Thanks, Sam. Good luck. Thanks for the call. More coming up. You can bring up anything here uh, with your thoughts on contracts if you want. It's Free Talk Live. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Use the coupon code FTL, that's FTL is in Free Talk Live, and sign up at HostGator.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at HostGator.com host you. Talk live. You can bring up what you want by dialing in toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231 tonight. It's Ian with you. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Features including our wiki with over 2,000 pages. Created by listeners like you. Also, our shrine of female listeners with dozens of ladies who sent us their validated photo or video showing they are listeners of the program. The Shrine is brought to you by ManchesterBrewing.com, and you can see it at shrine.freetalklive.com. Sickle CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early outbilling, and they purchase charged-off receivables. Sickle knows that the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful, they record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy so that your business is handled as efficiently as possible. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. It's SACL CAI. 1-800-259-9231. You can call in about what you want, and we'll continue here with uh, some news out of Pittsburgh. William Grigg reporting from the Lou Rockwell blog at lourockwell.com. In fact, William Grigg is, I believe, going to be one of the speakers at this year's Liberty Forum coming up this weekend in Nashua, New Hampshire. We'll tell you more about the Liberty Forum here in a little bit. We sure read a bunch of his articles in the past. We have. Uh, he is really the man to go to when it comes to taking a look at the police state and the uh, the rise of uh, the control apparatus of uh, government uh, just around us here. The story is called The Thin Blue Wine from Pittsburgh, which is under a state of emergency in anticipation of weekend flooding. This was written before the weekend. Might witness an outbreak of the blue flu, an epidemic of militant petulance resulting in a mass sick out by the police. 
As has been the case elsewhere, the Pittsburgh plague is an acute reaction by tax-engorged union police to what they consider an intolerable affront. That is, a judge recently dismissed spurious criminal charges against 18-year-old Jordan Miles, who was beaten by police on January 12th. While uh, walking to visit his grandmother, Miles, an honor student at the nearby Kappa High School, was swarmed and beaten by three undercover street cops with the Pittsburgh Police Department. The assailants claimed to have seen a heavy object in the young man's coat that they suspected was a weapon. It proved to be a bottle of Mountain Dew. Miles fled after the attackers demanded money and drugs. After he slipped and fell, he was beaten, kicked, and mauled so severely that he thought he was going to die. As is usually the case when an innocent person suffers a criminal assault by the police, and as is always the case when the innocent person tries to protect himself, Miles was hit with several contrived criminal charges, including aggravated assault, meaning that he made physical contact at some point with one of the consecrated beings who attacked him. That's not what aggravated means. Aggravated means you used a weapon, but okay, maybe on against a cop, it's a different story. Resisting arrest, which is not a crime but a common law right, loitering, and prowling. The last two charges were products. I've always wondered about this loitering and prowling thing. Yeah. I mean, how can you loiter before you've been told to move along? I I don't know. What I, is prowling? Look it, it up. I have if no it's idea. Not, if it's not trespassing, then what is it? I mean, lurking about. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you're on public property or uh, property open to the public, and you know, like it, it, prowling. It's 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 one of these. These contrived charges, as he said. The last two charges were products of an undisguised perjury. Monica Woodling, the resident who was supposedly the victim of Miles's intrusion, con- uh, contradicted the affidavit filed by the cops who assaulted the young man, telling District Judge Oscar Petit Jr. that she had never told the police that she didn't know Miles and had denied him permission to be on his property. This led Judge Petit to dismiss all of the charges against Miles. Judge Petit's courtroom was packed with police officers when the decision was announced. One of them, Chuck Hanlon of the local Fraternal Order of Police, declared that his tax feeder union would lobby the district attorney pretty hard to refile those charges against Miles. Attorney, and the reason they do this is that they know that they stand together because um, you know they they want their brethren to be protected. They know these guys were in the wrong at this point, and they don't want it to happen to them later. And isn't that double jeopardy when they bring back uh, charges? I I couldn't tell you. The double jeopardy uh, thing confuses me too. Well, I know that. I guess if they don't dismiss them with prejudice, then I I suppose they can do that. Uh, Anyway, the uh, attorney Bill Diffenderfer, who represented the subsidized thugs who beat Miles, seized on a trivial scheduling anomaly uh, anomaly as a pretext for demanding a second hearing. Judge Jim Motznick was scheduled to hear the case on March 4th rather than Judge Petit. However, Judge Petit had been slated to hear the case weeks earlier before it was postponed because the officers failed to appear at the hearing. In other words, the case was heard by the same judge originally scheduled to hear it, yet Diffenderfer insinuated that Judge Petit's action in hearing a case assigned to him suggested that the judge, rather than, than the police assailants who didn't attend the earlier hearing, was acting out of corrupt motives. The theatrically outraged Diffenderfer told a local CBS affiliate, quote, I certainly hope the district attorney looks into this and does the right thing, refiles the charges in front of a magistrate who has absolutely no interest and is not a magistrate who's asking to hear the case. 
In keeping with standard practice, Miles' assailants are on paid vacation while the department pretends to conduct an official inquiry. The city council, under pressure from an understandably outraged uh, from understandably outraged city residents, is exploring a package of proposed reforms, some of which would include racial sensitivity training that would exacerbate tensions while doing nothing to address the problem of police impunity. Not content to prolong the legal torment of an innocent teenager who already suffered a severe beating, the police union is seeking to capitalize on a potential crisis by way of staged, a staged sick-out by officers who take inconsolable offense at the thought that there may be, a professional in, or they may be professional and legal consequences for beating innocent people on the street. So basically, the police in Philadelphia, or excuse me, Pittsburgh, rather, uh, the police in Pittsburgh are looking at essentially calling in sick massively in mass uh, as a collective protest that the judge would dismiss the charges against the teenager who was beaten by their brethren. Well, maybe if they do call in massively sick, there won't be any teenagers, honor, teenage honor students beaten that day. It's pos- that's probably going to be the case, yeah. So... I don't know what I don't know really where you go with this story. It's just this is how they do it. This is your your police department protecting and serving themselves. They don't protect and serve you. I know some of them got into it for that reason, but can you imagine what would happen to the good guys that got into pol- to policing for the real good reasons of trying to protect people if they decided they didn't want to go along with the police union sick out on this? What do you think would happen to them? Uh, they'd be called a scab and, and treated very poorly by their brethren. Yeah, they might get the next beating. You know, there's certainly that possibility. I suppose that it, you know, more likely they'd get hazing yeah. in the uh, in the staff rooms and that kind of thing. So something what something undesirable would happen to them as a result of it because these people will not. I mean, it doesn't seem to matter how terrible their activities are. This kid is not a bad person. He didn't hurt anybody. The woman in this case was not saying the same things the police said about him, the original supposed accuser, and the judge saw it pretty clear as a, a case of nonsense. He throws it out, and the police department just has a, an S-fit over if you're, it. If your normal operating procedure, and I can only assume that since the, def, uh, the the police union runs to their defense in this, and I don't know anything about the Pittsburgh Police Department, but I can only assume that this is relatively standard operating procedure, is that uh, you find some guy, you, you beat on him, and um, you know then, then you file some charges against him, and the judge throws it out, and then, then that's why the, the strange thing here is how they're reacting. They're reacting as though this is the way it should be, and I can only assume that's because that's how they normally act, and that's how it normally is. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. You can bring up what you want. Dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. Talk Live, you are invited to bring up whatever's on your mind. Just dial in toll free at 800 259 9231. SACL CAI toll free line 1 800 259 9231. You can join us online. FreeTalkLive.com is the place to go. 
All the features there are free. The bulletin board system is one of them with over 500,000 posts. An awful lot to talk about. All free for you at bbs.freetalklive.com. Word of warning, it is virtually unmoderated, so keep that in mind. bbs.freetalklive.com. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter, barter currency. Now we've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some of the some very special rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Franks, Lakota Nation, Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves. And um, just go there and check it out at gold.freetalklive.com. That's gold.freetalklive.com. All right, we continue to take your phone calls about whatever you want. Un, uh, Andrea is on the line. Either that or it's Andrea in Oklahoma. You're on Free Talk Live. Which which way do you pronounce your name? Andrea. Andrea, what's on your mind tonight? Uh, yes, um, NBC had a uh, the looting of America on. They ended their show with it, um, a story done by Lisa Myers. And it's basically about the gold mines in Elko, uh, Nevada. There are a lot of different uh, mines out there that are mining gold. It's all U.S. taxpayer-owned land. And um, she indicated that uh, coal companies pay royalty to mine the land that is owned by taxpayers, as well as uh, the oil companies have to pay royalties whenever they... um, take oil out of the, the land, mm-hmm. uh, they the royalties, but they don't whenever it comes to um, all this gold. And uh, a gold bar is running for um, one and a quarter million dollars, and they showed that um, there's just all these different mines, and there's uh, billions and billions of dollars down there in the ground that they're mining, and uh, evidently there was a law passed Back in 1885, uh, U.S.'s grant passed this law about gold mining and, and uh, says that, that uh, I guess, companies don't have to pay royalties. But, excuse me, in, in our economic climate, something needs to be done. And, well, wait and, a minute. You, you said that – let me just see if I got this straight. You're saying that oil companies are paying royalties to the government, but that the people mining gold are not? Nope. But that's, we don't get a penny. But wait, you, you a, did say that oil companies are paying royalties? Well, that's if it's on uh, taxpayer money uh, land. So uh, did US, you get a check from the oil companies? Not, I didn't. I no. didn't. But I'm, I'm assuming our government probably gets it. <laughs> well, okay. What I, what I don't really know, and I, I, you obviously have more information on this uh, apparently than I do, it's my understanding that usually the way it works is that uh, the government just simply leases out land uh, to to various different companies. So the companies dig- drilling for oil or the companies mining for gold or whatever it is they're doing out there just paying essentially rent uh, to lease the property and then they can get from it whatever they get from it. Uh, whether they're paying royalties or not on each gallon of oil uh, withdrawn or each ounce of gold – uh, I don't know, and I, again, I'll just take your word for it. Either way, it's still just an undesirable arrangement because, well, you're not making anything off of it. You're not seeing a check. They're not. Uh, the money's not making it to you, and if the money goes into the government's hands, so what? That just means the government has more money with which to uh, to grow itself with and to get bigger and more intrusive and yeah. more expensive than ever. 
Uh, and that also would mean that the oil that they're pulling out of the ground would cost more if they are paying royalties to the U.S. government on it, because then they're, uh, in addition to all the taxes that those companies pay and pass on to the consumer, they then have to pass on the cost of paying whatever those royalties are to the consumer, thereby driving up the cost of oil. So, first of all, I can't agree with you that it, these uh, royalties, if they really exist, are in any way beneficial uh, to you and I. I don't see how that uh, that would be the case. Hello? Andrea? Okay, you made your point. <laughs> any, uh, any thoughts? I think it's terrible that we're not seeing anything out of any of it. But, oh, you'll uh, never see anything out of whatever the government's doing because uh, they don't care about you and they're not interested in, in helping you. They're interested in uh, enriching themselves and their buddies uh, in industry, and that's why these these agreements exist. The U.S. federal government has access and has claim of ownership over the acres and acres. I mean, billions, uh, millions of acres. I don't know how many, but there's a hell of a lot, especially west of the Mississippi. Yeah. They own a good Nevada. Is a, you know, a, a, they own a bunch of Nevada. A good chunk of the West, uh, the, the anything that's national forest land, all of that stuff. You know, the federal government has a lot of land, and they uh, they aren't interested in taking care of it. That's why they let companies come in and do things like clear cut and strip mine and do some of the things that you're talking about because it's just it's in the company's best interest to essentially line the pockets of the bureaucrats by renting their uh, their land from them. The bureaucrats themselves don't really care about the land because it's not really theirs. They don't own it. They're just bureaucratic managers of it. And so the companies win, uh, the, the bureaucrats win, and, and we all lose because we don't get to actually own that land. The individuals don't get to own the land and, and therefore put it to its best possible use in the marketplace. So overall, it's a, a tragic situation for more reasons than just that you aren't getting a cut of the uh, the rent money. Thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Ideally, the federal government should disappear and all of its land be sold off to uh, to private owners. Because then the private owners could use that land for whatever purposes they saw fit. Some might decide to uh, turn them into industrial purposes, in which case they would likely mine them or, or drill them or take care of them in a probably better fashion than they currently do because now they act like renters as opposed to acting like owners, as opposed to being owners who are concerned with the future viability of the land and so therefore have an interest in ensuring that the the land stays viable and and safe and and all of that into, into the future. So in case they need to sell it someday, they'll easier be able to sell it on the marketplace. Also, it opens up the option for organizations like the Nature Conservancy and Ducks Unlimited or whatever the other groups are out there. Audubon Society, I think, is one of them. These uh, private groups to come in and purchase up swaths of land, essentially, because land is pretty cheap uh, if, if you're not in an industrialized, uh, urbanized zone. So they can buy up swaths and swaths of land and uh, essentially protect it to whatever level of standards they decide is uh, is right. And that would be the best way to handle that land. Unfortunately, right now, that's not the case. 800-259-9231. Across the pond to the UK, Tommy is on the line with Ian and Mark on Free Talk Live. Hello, Tommy. Tommy? Hello. Hey, you're on the air. Tommy? Ooh, we can, but it's sounding like you're in a bad cell. Tell you what, we're going to put you on hold... See we'll, if things uh, clear up. Maybe uh, try to either clear it up or have you call back here in a moment and get a better cell. 1-800-259-9231. I'm hoping we get Tommy back because I, I, I want to know what happens in the UK. Not, this, not that this was why he was calling, but he's in the UK and we talked about the UK in the first <laughs> so hour. So he must be a UK legal expert. He, he may know. I don't know. Uh, but what happens if you uh, d- tell the police you don't want to give them your ID? 
because you can do that in some situations here in the United States and get away with it. Our, our, our buddy Pete Ayer from MotorhomeDiaries.com did successfully achieve that the other day in Santa Fe, New Mexico, and uh, he has said he's going to call in about that tomorrow night, so we look forward to talking to him then. Uh, 800-259-9231. Meantime, quick corrupt cop story from StopTheDrugWar.org. In Providence, Rhode Island, three Providence police officers were arrested March 4th on charges they helped in a cocaine-dealing operation. Narcotics detective, of course, uh, Joseph Colanduno, Sergeant Stephen Gonzalez, and Patrolman Robert Hamlin have been suspended without pay. Wow, they're, they're pretty serious down there. <laughs> wow. Uh, normally they get suspended with pay when cops are suspended. Anyway, the trio went down after a four-month investigation whose primary target was Hamlin's brother, Albert, who's described as a major cocaine dealer. Robert Hamlin, a school resource officer at Providence High School, is accused of helping his brother avoid arrest by giving him the names of narcotics detectives and descriptions of their cars. Hamlin is charged with conspiracy to possess cocaine, while Gonzalez is charged with soliciting another to commit a crime, and Colanduno is charged with conspiracy to deal cocaine and compounding and concealing a felony. Just another day on the on the force. 1-800-259-9231. The school resource officer involved in coke dealing. Hmm. Things that make you go, hmm. Where do you think the, cops, the uh, kids at school are getting their coke from? Makes you wonder. Yep. More coming up. You can bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up whatever you want by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. number brought to you by SACL CAI, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free. They include our webcam. You can go over and interact with other listeners because there's a chat room on the same page. Head over to cam.freetalklive.com. That is cam.freetalklive.com. Take the SmartPage.com's seven-day challenge. For seven days, use SmartPage.com instead of your Big Brother search engine and experience the difference. You'll get search results aggregated from 12 major search engines, but unlike your old search engine, you'll have complete privacy in your search. There's also a proxy link beneath each one of the search results that you can use to have complete privacy while you search, uh, browse, I guess, that, uh, that website. Start the seven-day challenge today at uh, startpage.com. All right. We continue here uh, with your phone calls. We're going to try Tommy again in the U.K. Had a bad connection the first time. Hopefully, well, better luck this time. Tommy, are you with us? Tommy? Tommy in the U.K. going once? Tommy in the U.K. going twice? It is a pretty long-distance call, you know. Yeah, that is. All right. Well, thanks for the try, Tommy. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. So, we'll move along to El Salvador, where James Dunlap over at LouRockwell.com is going to tell us a little story about healthcare. Because we hear a lot about how all the rest of the world has gone socialist. 
The rest of the world is socialist. The U.S. is the only holdout as a 50% socialist uh, healthcare system because yeah. this is not a free market here in the United States. And I doubt it's a free market in uh, in El Salvador. I have not done a whole lot of digging, but uh, James Dunlop nonetheless has an interesting story. In the United States, the current debate over health care reform is really no debate at all. Both sides of the argument accept the fundamental principle of government intervention. Today, few because how many Republicans are proposing the government get out of health care? They're not. They're just saying, well, keep the status quo or maybe change this over here or change that over there. They're not saying get the government out. They're not saying we need a free market. Anyway, today, few can recall when a, a time when health care was not considered an entitlement. Americans caught up in this racket would do well to look south to El Salvador. It's been half a century since medical care in the United States could be described as a business. In El Salvador, that's exactly what it is, a business. There, the customer, the patient, meets the service providers, doctors, labs, hospitals, pharmacies, at that voluntary, mutually beneficial place known as the market price. The typical doctor's offices I've encountered are two-room suites in buildings that are physically attached to small private hospitals. This is the arrangement for my pediatrician, endocrinologist, and, oh boy, otolaryngologist, a reception waiting area, and another space that serves as both office and examining room. This is low overhead at its finest. Only two people are involved, the doctor and his receptionist. No nurses, staff, no large group practices, and no offices jammed with secretaries and insurance filers. There's only the receptionist out front that makes your appointments, takes your payment, and writes your receipt. Yeah, and uh, this is what adds on all the cost in in the opera um, uh, in, in in the situation. Doctors have to to fill out much more paperwork in order to you know satisfy the insurance companies. They have to hire people specifically right. for the purpose of filling out paperwork. That's their job. Well, the doctors fill it out, and so that means fewer people that they can see, and then they hire people that that have to. F- Fill it out and then follow it up in order to get paid right. 90 days, 120 days later. That Which means of- prices go up. Yeah. Because somebody has to cover that cost. Anyway, in uh, El Salvador, a routine office visit costs about $35, cash or check. There's no mention of insurance for these routine services. Any dealing with this issue is strictly between you and your insurance company. The physician's role is to provide service, receive your payment, and hand you the proper receipts. When you take your car in to get an oil change, does your insurance company pay for it? That'd be ridiculous. And you certainly wouldn't expect the the oil change place to handle that insurance filing for you. Furthermore, all the doctors I've dealt with in San Salvador have their personal cell phone numbers printed on their business cards. I recently took my son for his regular medication update. It's a routine visit, something we do every three to four months. The pediatrician's visit goes something like this. I call, and the receptionist, who recognizes my voice, makes an appointment for 6 p.m. the next day. My son and I arrive, and because of the hour, there's usually only a brief wait. We're greeted by name and ushered back to see the English-speaking doctor. Since he ordered blood work on our last visit, he goes over the results in great detail, taking the time to talk to me about my son's progress and growth. The doctor gives my son a complete physical and records the findings. On any given visit, the doctor answers his landline and cell phones three or four times, to receive updates on patients or to discuss various ongoing treatments. These calls rarely last more than a minute or two, and it never seems disruptive. Indeed, I'm impressed with the doctor's efficient use of time. When he's finished, he writes the prescription and sends us on our way with a firm handshake. Back in the outer office, I pay cash, and we leave. The same pediatrician also doubles as our family physician, seeing my wife and myself on routine cases. On one visit, my wife, still suffering from a lingering sinus infection, went along with me and my son. We call, uh, when called, we all went back into the examining room. The doctor examined both my wife and son. In the end, he didn't charge for my wife's visit and gave her enough sample medication for the first 24 hours of an additional round of treatment. 
The doctor, having read some recent updates on my son's medication, suggested an EKG and wrote out an order. He also phoned ahead and said the cardiologist would be ready for us in 15 minutes. I was, of course, (laughs) in full conditioned response mode, panicked at the hassle, time, and cost this EKG would surely entail. As it turned out... I went to the hospital for an EKG. I had a uh, pain in my um, left arm, mm-hmm. which, not a good thing. Turns out it was a muscle strain, right? Mm. But um, I, it was the middle of the night. My arm was hurting. I decided, you know, I better go to the emergency room. And then, you know, you start talking about it with your wife, and then you're really off, on, um, off to the races. So we went there, The um, and I, I'm at the time, was insured by MasterCard, you know? And, as a mm-hmm. matter of fact, I still am. Um, so... It was five hundred and fifty dollars for the EKG. Oh, wait, you I just, find out how much this I one just was. Give, I just want to give people some clarity. I know it has to be cheap. Right. No. Okay. Well, I mean, he paid thirty-five dollars for a routine off. He says it's thirty-five bucks for a routine office visit. So, I mean, go ahead, take a stab. What's an e What's an EKG scan? Cost? I'll bet you it's thirty-five dollars too. All right, we'll come back. We'll come to that <laughs> here in a moment. Uh, as it turned out, the cardiologist's office was just upstairs. I sent my wife and son ahead while I settled up the bill with the pediatrician's receptionist. Uh, when I arrived at the cardiologist 10 minutes later, I wish they, I could get my teeth cleaned for $35. They were done. Another 10 minutes, and I had two copies of the EKG. I paid $25 in cash, and we were on our way. Wow. Not one hour beyond our original appointment with the pediatrician. Now, high-tech specialists follow a similar pattern. My wife's sinus problem proved to be more serious and required surgery. The altolinariologist came highly recommend. No, I'm butchering that. Ol. Otol, knowledgeist. Is this came, the ear, nose, and throat guy? I don't know. Came highly. You can check that one out if you'd like, Mark. Came highly recommended. Can't spell it after what your your pronunciation. O t o l a r y n g o l o g i s t. Did you get all that? No. Anyway, uh, he came highly recommended. We made an appointment for later in the week. No problems. No referral necessary. We arrived at another private hospital to discover a beautifully appointed waiting room with a single receptionist. The doctor's office was uh, equipped with the very latest video and endoscopic technology. After a a thorough examination, he ordered a CT scan. Now, since it was after 6.30 p.m., he called ahead. The radiologist agreed to stay late to complete the procedure. We drove a short distance and found another amazing setup. One receptionist, one CT technician, and a female radiologist. Her office contained just one CT machine, obviously the very latest, all in a storefront at a shopping center two blocks from the hospital. The procedure was not cheap. At $265, but I bet you you couldn't get it done for that here in the States. And what was this procedure? A CT scan. Okay. But we were done and on our way in less than an hour. The typewritten diagnosis and CT films in hand. Altenariologist is an ear, nose, and throat doctor. Thank you for that. Such convenience and efficiency in an American medical practice is difficult to imagine. Labs and pharmacies also show careful attention to customer service. The lab we use is not in a medical complex, but in a small commercial office building. It's open on Saturdays. Very helpful when my son needs to arrive in a fasting state. The receptionist at the counter reads the doctor's lab order, looks up the prices, rings up the total, and presents the bill. Here I pay with my debit card. In the next room, a technician draws blood with an attitude of cheerfulness largely missing in the American scene. On one visit, my son had his blood drawn by the owner of the lab himself a well-respected San Salvador pathologist. In El Salvador, numerous pharmacies, national chains, and independent stores alike compete in a vigorous vigorous, marketplace that places high value on customer service. Pharmacies routinely post the prices of popular medications, the majority of which are available without a prescription. 
Often two or three stores from competing chains are in the same block, sometimes in the same building. If they are out of stock on any given medication, the clerk will phone another location nearby. The pharmacy's motorcycle delivery man will ride over, retrieve my prescription, and deliver it right to my front door. As always, customer service comes first. Quality, low overhead, excellent service, payment when services are rendered, these are the hallmarks of a market system. If only the would-be healthcare reformers would use El Salvador's market medicine as an example of what could be done in the United States. There is one note. El Salvador does have a state-run healthcare system. Since I have had no personal contact with that aspect of Salvadoran medicine, I can offer no information on that subject. But it certainly sounds like market competition is alive and well in the El Salvadoran marketplace. It's what's gonna it's what's going to cheapen healthcare and provide the very best healthcare for people. And no one seems to believe it. Hour three is coming up. You can take control of the airwaves. Well, because government makes everything cheaper. Oh, well, no, that's not the yeah. case at all. Uh, $500 ashtrays. Hour number three on the way. You bring up anything. Take control of the airwaves. Free Talk Live at 800-259-9231. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Nestle Juicy Juice, creators of the Juicy Juice Brain Development and Juicy Juice Immunity Fruit Juice Beverages. For more information, visit us at JuicyJuice.com. When it comes to staying healthy, the digestive system is a great place to start. It's 70% of the immune system. Look for kid-friendly foods that are high in fiber, like popcorn and yogurt. Prebiotic fiber helps the good bacteria in the gut flourish, while simple sugars like high-fructose corn syrup only help the bad, leading to bloating and discomfort. For more tips like these, visit us at Parenthood.com slash YourFamilyToday. This is Free Talk Live. We launch into the third hour of the show. You can take control of the airwaves by dialing in toll-free 1-800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. And tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. You can, of course, bring up anything. And the website allows you to bring up whatever you want via our show prep Uh Essentially suggesting show prep to the show. It's where we get a lot of our stories from these days. The front page of freetalklive.com. All you do is you go and you get registered for an account. And then if you see something online that you think would make great show content for Free Talk Live, or maybe even not that, maybe you just think the other Free Talk Live listeners should see it. Uh, you can go and submit the story to our website, and then other listeners can vote on it, whether they like or dislike it. And depending on how many like votes it gets versus dislike votes, it'll be moved up or down our charts, so to speak, which are compiled as time goes on. So there's new stories every day, which could possibly hit the front page of the website. Uh, right now, the top story is the Free State Project hitting 10,000. It's a big uh, deal. We've already talked about tonight, thanks to Dave Ridley, who called earlier. And, of course, you can go to freestateproject.org. In fact, they've blown by 10,000 now with 10,005. Uh, so we're on our way to 20,000 participants and the completion of the Free State Project. So one of the top stories, you can go and see the rest of them over at freetalklive.com. Get registered, get interactive. It's all totally free. Now then, there is something that has come up here on the show over the past, I don't know, a few weeks. And I'd heard about this 912 thing, and I just I wanted to know what it was all about. People were calling in, they were talking about the 912 group, and I'm like, well, what is this? Apparently, it's the Glenn Beck uh, proposal. Yeah. Glenn Beck has come up with uh, what he calls the nine principles, 12 values. Well, and the 912 is, is hearkening back to how America was all pulled together as one shortly after 9-11, and that's what, the, you know, the flags on the cars and, and things like that. People being nice to each other, that well, kind of People thing. with, the, you know, the terrorist hunter bumper stickers on the back. We're going to get them SOBs. Right. Well, they thing. pulled together unless, uh, the, you know, unless you look like a Muslim, right? Then uh, all of a sudden you weren't. 
Yeah, keyword. there was there was that. Yeah. So, uh, so, but people have called and asked questions like, well, Glenn Beck says he's a libertarian. How are you guys different from him? And we've answered the question, but I figured if we dug into this 912 thing, we'd really be able to uh, to ascertain some some key differences between Free Talk Live and Glenn Beck. And I think anybody that's listened to the show for a lengthy period of time compared to Glenn Beck knows what the significant differences are. Uh, basically, Glenn Beck is, I think, probably one of the better talk show hosts as far as intellectual honesty is concerned from the the mainstream if you will well, the, the republican ones i really don't know from the democratic side i've listened to some of them and some of them are pretty good and, yeah from the know. republican ones uh but he's still not quite there he's not even really that close uh he doesn't get the the war on drugs i think you mentioned that the the last time it uh, it came up mark and um he certainly is probably not on board with immigration you know, there's some probably some real big differences. Well, I think oh, we even deviate, deviate uh, to some extent from, you know, sort of mainstream libertarian thought, likely on immigration. I think that it, that issue tends to uh, split people down the middle. Well, this is where I, this is why I don't like the uh, the term libertarian because I mean, to be a libertarian means it used to at least means that you don't want to aggress against peaceful people, and to say that peaceful people can't come here means you want to aggress against them. So to me, that's not very libertarian to say anything but uh, that people should be able to come and make a better life for themselves. I understand, but there, you know, there's there's a bigger tent than people who simply believe that you cannot uh, use, uh, you know, aggressive force against, uh, you know, the, you know, people for for you know political or social purposes. Even though that's what the pledge of the Libertarian Party is. Right. The big tent uh, includes, unfortunately, people like Glenn Beck, which is uh, poisoning the term libertarian was one of the major reasons I don't use it. But let's go through this, shall we, and and, uh, and see what these nine principles, 12 values are and how uh, people who are really uh, principled, liberty-minded folks would respond to them. Number one, this from the 912project.com. America is good. Now, right there, that's a real basic statement. It's very simple. But what does it really mean? Uh, America is good. Does when they say America, do they mean the country, the the plot of land? If it is as? the plot of land, then you're talking about one of the greatest plots of land the world has seen. I mean, it is prolific as far as its ability to produce, uh, you know, produce, and it's it's really something with all of its uh, you know varieties of of different areas that one can live and different uh, features that the land provides. You know, and, and you know, in each one of these locations. Frequently, though, America is conflated with the United States federal government. Right. And if what he means by that, uh, and I don't know what they mean. It's not made clear. It's, it, it's not clear. It's never clear when one uses that term. Right. So It's not uh, a clear term. So if we're talking about Amer- the American people, I would say overall, yeah, they're good folks. I mean, they're, they're people that, for the most part, are just trying to get through life and enjoy themselves and raise families and love and enjoy life that's fine I, I don't think that i don't think that american people are any better than uh, any other people in the rest of the world i think human beings are human beings most of them are good and they have good intentions even if they're doing the wrong thing with their good intentions i think that in general people are good uh, but if we're talking about the, the u.s federal government then i'll disagree vehemently uh, because i don't think that the uh, the u.s federal government is good i understand that many of the people in the government have good intentions with what they do but the results of their actions are purely evil i mean they hurt people for and, a living you know i think that you have to figure in not only that uh, the united states is listed in the top 10 of uh, most economically free countries in the world it's not number one and i think that that's in and of itself is very sad i think the united states should be number one most economically free country in the world 
But you need to also consider that uh, many of the countries that surround it on these in this top 10 chart and even the top 25 don't have near the military the United States does. And that means that that military is being used around the world, even if, whether it's actively or, in, or passively, to uh, you know prop up dictators and uh, despots, uh, you know that people that are you know not democratically elected. And even if they are democ- democratically elected, why in the world are we in Germany? Why is the United States military in Okinawa? Why are they still in Korea? You know why? Why is that? Can't Korea at this point handle its own problems? Speaking of Korea, let's rephrase number one here and see what it sounds like. North Korea is bad. Now, if I were to say North Korea is bad, am I talking about the government of North Korea or am I talking about the people of North Korea? Because the people of North Korea are likely good. They're A lot likely, of them are brainwashed by their government, right, I, I must say. That, right, but they're likely oppressed and, and, as you say, brainwashed by the government there. But probably in their individual lives, they're probably good to one another. They probably take care of one another as best they can in this impoverished tyrannical uh, system that they're living underneath so what does it mean when you say north korea is bad that sounds to me like the government of north korea is bad so when he says when they say america is good again i still don't really know what that means so so with the caveats there let's presume it means the american people in which case sure sure they're good by 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 and large uh, american people are good just like people in the rest of the world number two I believe in God, and he is the center of my life. What's your first response to that, Mark? Well, I think that that, that it isn't very inclusive. Uh, there are people that don't believe that God is um, – they don't believe in God, period, and they don't believe that he's the center of their life. And I think Or that, that he's a he. Right, and I don't, and I don't think that's very welcoming to those people. Yeah. Um, the idea that an organization that wishes to interface with the government – needs to make its second principle that it um, that one must believe in God and he must be the center of one's life I find disturbing I, I you know I God is a integral part of my life I don't know about center but he's certainly integral in the way that I think that's you know that's fine and everything but it it, it simply that allows me to, to be in their little group but you know what about other people that don't believe that. And yeah. What, what about the atheists? What about the uh, the? Because it's really easy to uh, to alienate the atheists, right? They, they're a group of people that, hey, you know, let's go after the atheists. They're godless heathens. But and they're I, good people. Atheists are in many cases very. They're good moral people. for the reason of being moral. Yeah. Not because they've been told they have to. Uh, and then there's people like myself or Dale, uh, panentheists, uh, who believe that essentially everything is God and all of that is just an extension of uh, of God, if you want to use that term. Uh, that doesn't mean that God is in some sort of embodiment, a, a white man with a beard uh, looming over us from the sky that is the center of our lives. Uh, but we we aren't se- we don't believe there is any separation from God, which is a significant uh, difference from what the s- standard Christian belief is. Christians believe they're separate from God and creations of God, but not connected to God in any way. And I have a s- fundamental disagreement there. So right right away uh, up to point number two of let's see what we have here uh, nine different what they call principles. Uh, we'll uh, examine as many of these as we can here. Also, take your calls and your thoughts about whatever you want. 800-259-9231. Bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live amplifiers get access to higher quality archives free of commercial breaks and other perks. Join AMP for just $3 per month at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free 
Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free. 1-800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you and Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, Again, freetalklive.com. Features there including our wiki, our bulletin board system, listening options as well. There's a whole bunch of stuff, and we give it all away. Freetalklive.com. Visit the Low Country Liberty Report. If you're looking for more great liberty-minded uh, video content, you can go to lclreport.com and see uh, Taryn, who's based out of Sarah, uh, Savannah, Georgia, and has been doing a series where he's interviewing all the ladies of Liberty Alliance calendar girls. You can find these lovely Lola ladies and their interviews at, uh, of course, the, the Shrine of Female Listeners, but also at lclreport.com. That's lclreport.com, although I don't know how many of those are on the Shrine, so I think you probably want to go to lclreport.com. We continue here, uh, and we go to Gene in New York. We'll continue also with the, the Glenn Beck thing here in a moment, but Gene is on the line on the amp line. Hello, Gene. Uh, Christian Anarchist is calling from Buffalo, New York. Tomorrow we're going to go to the uh, Niagara Falls and check that thing out. Never been there before. Oh, great. Are you um, up in the Northeast uh, for the purposes of going to the Liberty Forum this weekend? I wish I was. But, oh, that's a shame. Uh, we're not. We're, we're here with uh, family members doing some things, and we only have this week off because uh, the, the son has his spring break. So we have to schedule all of our trips around his school. Bummer. All right. Well, I hope you enjoy yourself. What's uh, what's going on? Yeah, Gene? that Niagara Falls. They dump a lot of water over that thing. I've heard that. I'm going to go see it and check it out myself because I have to. Uh, I have to see things with my own eyes before I believe them. <laughs> Which so, brings me to global warming. All right. The global warming is a subject you were talking about earlier, and I, uh, uh, I, I tend to look at these things from my own experiences and my own viewpoint, and. I try and analyze everything using the information that I can see that's real. And what I do is I look at it uh, from an aircraft at 35,000 feet, and you look out the window and you see the uh, the huge size of this planet and the huge amount of atmosphere that's around this planet. And then you look down at the Earth at these puny little creatures called men, and you see the little tiny microscopic smokestacks in typically places like Beijing, because we don't have any more here in the United States. But you look at the smokestacks belching out smoke, and from 30,000 feet, it's it's minuscule. It's nothing. And so I went online, and I checked some numbers. I don't have all of those numbers right now, but anybody can do this if they want. Mm-hmm. And I checked the size of the Earth's uh, atmosphere, and you can get two different figures. You can get the mass estimated mass of the atmosphere, and you can get the estimated volume of the atmosphere. And then you figure out how much pollution, let's say we just burned all of the known coal and oil reserves on the planet in a 24-hour period, and put all of that into the atmosphere. The percentage increase is so tiny, it's so small, it, there's, it really is nothing more than man giving himself a puffed-up head to think that anything we could do would affect the planet's atmosphere. And Ian, I agree with you earlier where you said, who cares if it gets a little warmer or a little cooler? It always does that anyway. So all of this is much ado about nothing. That's how I feel about it. It's a lot of money. Yep. And they, if they get their way, it'll cost money. a hell of a lot more. 
Yeah, and it's certainly, uh, you know, it's helping the big boys out at the top because they got their little carbon credit scheme now that they can trade these uh, these worthless credits back and forth and make billions of dollars on them. Uh, so that's another scam that they're running. So it, it all boils down to scams by the big men at the top making more money and taking it away from the little man at the bottom. And there you go. That goes back. There was this article I saw on the Daily Paul about a guy who says uh, uh, wrote a, a piece there. Um, he didn't really think that we can make a difference. And unfortunately, his logic is pretty good because he uh, has a uh, he's, he's studying accounting and he works at a grocery chain. And he analyzed the figures for their monthly. Uh, funds that they take in, they take about a million dollars a month, 40% right off the top is food stamps. So you've got 40% of the money coming in food stamps. Wow. Who knows how many other percent. That's anecdotal, is, uh, Gene, in that, um, you know, it's one geographic area, and there are certainly places in the United States where they spend more food stamps versus fewer and, and that kind of thing. But the, but the bottom line is that most uh, a good deal of our economy is based on federal funds being given to people, basically a lot of them who don't deserve it and some of them who maybe earned it through uh, through pension programs or whatever else. But the bottom line is the welfare mentality is runs deep in this country, and oh, yeah. I don't know how we'll ever reverse it because too many people are are sucking off the teeth and uh, you, you got to get uh, together you got to you got to join the free state project and and move up to New Hampshire I don't see what the, what else there is as far as options because I agree with you a lot of people in America feel entitled to various different government handouts and that's very difficult to reverse because once they get hooked on it why on earth would they want to get unhooked Yeah and of course uh, we are signed up on the free state project our yeah. financial uh, Arrangements make it difficult for us to pick up and move, but we are definitely planning to come up that way probably in October to check it out. Great. So, well, that's uh, because that you we'll, acknowledge we'll that that's the best option, then. right? I mean, that's that's it. it. What else is there? Well, it's for us, it's either that or, or leave the country before it completely falls apart. I don't know which one it'll be. Yeah, I you know, but, I, uh, I understand the feeling. I, and if, I like if they, the free yeah, I understand the feeling. And if things don't work out here in New Hampshire, I'm going to give it a decade or so. Costa Rica. <laughs> there are places. I think Costa Rica might be ruined by then, too. But I'll take a look. Yeah. Hey, Gene, time. thanks for the call tonight. Uh, enjoy your trip and uh, appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. Belize is another option, too. A lot of uh, American expatriates uh, choose Belize. Uh, Doug Casey has a community that he's building down in, uh, I think it's Argentina, near the Uruguay border, mm. um, which I think you know might, have, might, might be kind of cool, too. Let's go to Ryan. I uh, spaced out, missed his call earlier. Ryan, you're on Free Talk Live in Washington with Ian and Mark. Hey guys, a little earlier you were uh, reading an article. I think it was El Salvador. Yeah, um, El Salvador uh, healthcare. Right. The, healthcare, uh, the right. story was from the uh, from LouRockwell.com, <clears throat> where the author was basically uh, praising the market competition available down there. And uh, you mentioned that a CT costs two hundred and sixty-five dollars, and you kind of said, you know, that you can't find it for that anywhere in the states. I don't know. I was speculating I, on that. Well, I recently had a, a surgery, and I just thought I would call and share the cost of the CT with you. Okay, please. So the uh, the CT they, on on my particular one they use two different types of contrast media. Um, the first contrast media uh, by itself costs two hundred and eighty dollars, okay. and the second one was three hundred and ten. Just for the just the drug that they give you to make your body show up in the CT. 
Whoa. After, okay. after all was said and done, you know, with the, the doctors getting paid and whatever else expenses they tacked on, it was just under $5,000 for the CT. Holy crap. <laughs> yep. Wow. wow. I wasn't expecting yeah. that. I was thinking maybe, so, you know, 500 or something like that, but just no, shows it was what about, I know. It was like, uh, I, I, I've been trying to find the bill and I can't, but it was like 46 or 48 and change. Amazing. Thanks for yeah, sharing incredible. that. Anything else on your mind tonight? Uh, nope, that was it. Ryan, appreciate hearing from you. Thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. So it was, I think, $265 for a CT scan down in uh, El Salvador. $5,000 here in the United States. 20 times as much? I might be looking if I ever need to get some healthcare work done and go down to El Salvador for a vacation. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Dial in via the toll-free number brought to you by SACL CAI, 1-800-259-9231. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they're free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. And those features include our archives. So if you've missed a moment of the show, you can just click and download right there from the front page of the website. Go into the podcast. You can go all the way back to January of 2009, all free for you at freetalklive.com. Well, the bad news is it is too late to register online for the 2010 New Hampshire Liberty Forum. But it's not too late to attend the 2010 New Hampshire Liberty Forum. You'll just have to pay in person at the event in order to get in. So uh, it's not too late. There's still some uh, some open slots, but the event is uh, packing up. There's all kinds of people, hundreds of people going to be attending, liberty-minded folks, enjoying each other's company in a convention-style atmosphere with speakers and panel discussions and more. Uh, Andrew Napolitano, you might know him as the judge from Freedom Watch on Fox News. He's going to be one of the uh, keynote speakers, as well as Jacob Hornberger from the Future of Freedom Foundation. So many great uh, people here. Radley Balco from Reason Magazine. We've talked a lot about uh, some of Radley's work. Also, I think right in the same category is William Norman Grigg from the Pro Libertat uh, blog. Ernest Hancock from Freedom's Phoenix. Angela Keaton from Antiwar.com. David Friedman. Uh, so many different people I'm here. I'm really t- looking forward to, to, to hearing David Friedman. Thomas Naylor from the Second Vermont Republic. We talk a lot about secession. Thomas Naylor is one of the go-to guys out there in the world of uh, the secession movement. Of course, our friend Jason Talley from MotorhomeDiaries.com. Uh, Boston Tea Party is going to be there again this year. So there's a lot happening. Brett uh, from the School Sucks podcast. I mean, I've only given you a, a, a fraction of the uh, the total number of speakers and the various different topics and things like that that will be addressed at the Liberty Forum. Of course, there's all kinds of things that are going on ancillary to the forum. There's a uh, going to be a 420 celebration on Saturday. There's going to be a reading of uh, of a movie script on on Saturday night. Uh, I understand that there's going to be some uh, comedy done, uh, some live music done. Right. Uh, there's certainly going to be uh, the Alt Expo, which is uh, I I think you know one of the highlights every year. 
you know, the Alternatives Expo, which goes on concurrently with some of the things going on with the official Liberty Forums. There's just so much going on. Uh, there's a sound-off session Sunday morning where people will be able to get up and get on an open mic and, I guess, just say what they want, kind of rant to the audience there. And uh, Freekeen.com is sponsoring that, so that's going to be a lot of fun. And Free Talk Live will be broadcasting live from the entire event, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday nights. Uh, so come on out. Enjoy the company of other liberty-minded people. Take a look at New Hampshire during the wintertime. It's, uh, it's, it may end up being a beautiful weekend up here. I'm not sure exactly what the forecast is calling for, but I've heard good things. Yeah, I've heard. It's, it's sunny. The little pictures are of suns. Yeah, so. So, uh, so we shall see. Of course, it is New England, so anything right. can change. <laughs> Wait 15 minutes. Yeah. Uh, but nonetheless, we are going to have a good time. I'm looking forward to it. And it's not too late to get involved. You just have to show up at the hotel and uh, and grab your tickets on the spot. You can still get the full itinerary, itinerary, the schedule, the list of speakers, and everything you need to know about the hotel and all that over at freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. That's freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. We're going to try Tommy in the U.K. He's uh, called back. We weren't able to connect with him before due to a bad sell. Last try for the night, Tommy. If it doesn't work this time, uh, we're giving up on you. Tommy in the U.K. Hello. Can you hear me? We've got you, Tommy. What's on your mind tonight? Listen, I'm, so, I'm very sorry what happened there earlier on. Third time lucky, as they say. It's all right. Go ahead. You're here. We hear you. Go for it. Thanks, my friend. It's, it's wonderful hearing you. I normally listen to... You know, uh, over in the UK, they don't have such quality radio. Uh, you, you guys are a breath of fresh air. And well, I wanted to pick up. I wanted to pick up on something what you were saying earlier on. Obviously, I'm from out with your good country. Although apparently, one of my uh, my grandmothers on my my father's side, she had a liaison with an American soldier who was based in Glasgow. Uh, but I, I'm, I, otherwise, I'm, I'm <laughs> as a neutral looking, looking out to your lovely country, and I every person I've met from the United States of America has been warm, friendly, kind, generous, open and welcoming. I haven't been to your lovely country. I've heard so much about it from friends and relatives who've been there, and uh, it's just I have got one great big problem with your lovely country. Mm. And it's the same problem you great guys have got there. And it's the, the government, the military junta that sits in Washington, D.C. And that's what it is. It's a military junta. Now, Britain, well, I may be calling from Britain, but my family came from Ireland. So I'm, I'm, I'm more akin to the Irish people. So if you want to put a label on me as my nationality, I hold the banner of Ireland, not Britain. That's but what I, I would have I, guessed. I look yeah. <laughs> I would have guessed that. You sound that way. Yeah, I mean, I agree oh, yeah. with you. I mean, everybody I've ever met from the UK has been very warm and uh, and a great person. Uh, people, I think, in general around the world are, are good. It's just the governments of the world that uh, the people in government that are doing the evil things. Yeah, I mean, if you look at it, if you, if you look at it, what's happened in the world in the last, say, six, seven hundred years, the, you know, we're living in a system, we're living in a a system of totalitarianism that the world has never seen. You know, they've got complete control of the planet, and you have to analyse how they've managed to do that. And they've managed to do it through numbers, through wage slavery, through the, the science of exploitation, where you can bankrupt a country through the World Bank and IMF, and then you can send in lovely multinational corporations to get the people 
to work and make the clothes that we pay a hundred dollars for, a hundred pounds for. Well, they've also they done it through uh, through indoctrination and uh, tr- and essentially training people to be obedient to whatever their masters in the state demand. If people weren't so easy to just roll over and go along to get along, then the governments would not have gotten to this point. But it's because people are are more likely to just put their heads in the sand or try to avoid any sort of uh, adversarial uh, conflict with them uh, themselves in the government. That that, that lets them get away with a lot. That seems to be the problem worldwide these days, that the people are so apathetic as to making change in their own lives. The best way to affect change is on a local level in your communities and our communities and to affect our, our communities uh, to waking people up as a collective on a small scale and then obviously on a national scale and a global scale. We can, we, you can only do so much as a single person and that's why I've got my own website. I'm looking to start my own internet radio station on the lead okay. from guys like yourself because there's not... In the UK, as I said, there's a dearth of, you know, ways to get your points across. When you phone up a mainstream radio station, your views are neutered after five minutes. If you get more than five minutes, by the end of the call, they call you a raven nutcase or a mad conspiracy theorist. (laughs) You know, so that's why I listen in to guys like yourself. Well, we're glad you're out there. Good luck launching your show. What's your website? Yeah, it's Radical Pacifist Online. You can either type in Radical Tommy or Pacifist Tommy, whatever your your thing there is in any major search engine, and you get into it. I'm I'm just uh, about to go live. I've done it. There's a few podcasts. I've trialed it out. It, what I've got there on the site is uh, an insight into myself because I've got a bit of a complicated background because for myself, I was born to an Irish mother, and what happened? I met this lovely girl. She was from Africa, and we have these three of the most beautiful children that. I fail to clarify, I fail to put them down as black or white. I just call them human beings, you know. Mm, and nice. Well, three weeks before 9-11, exactly three weeks before 9-11, August 21st, 2001, I accepted Islam as a way of life, as a religion for myself to try and better myself as a better person. And three weeks after that, Islam was catapulted into public enemy number one, the worldwide and it wasn't anything new for myself. So are you, like are you still a follower of, uh, of Islam? I'm trying to, yeah. For the last eight years, I'm trying to follow that as a way of life. You as, know, as, uh, as, as always, whenever we talk to somebody who's uh, who's Muslim uh, on this program, they uh, are some of the most peaceful, uh, loving, caring people. And like you said, you're a, a pacifist. So thank you for uh, for being out there and. Yeah, and, ch- and check out theuklibertarian.com. Might uh, find somebody he can uh, meet up with up yeah. there. All right, very good. Hey, thanks for the call. Good luck with your show. Let us know how it goes. More coming up here in the remaining moments. Perhaps enough time for your call at 800-259-9231. It's Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. Only a few moments remaining, so enough time perhaps for your call if you make it now. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark, join us online at freetalklive.com. Hey, you like the show? You want to help support Free Talk Live? We, we would really appreciate you becoming an amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. You can use PayPal or any 
credit card, major credit card. Uh, we've got our secure credit card form, so that's uh, safe for you. Plus, there are alternative options for those of you that just can't stand paying with those kind of methods. We can accept other things, too. You can go to amp.freetalklive.com. You'll get access to the Amp Only Forum, the Amp Only Podcast, which is free of uh, recorded commercials. Head on over to amp.freetalklive.com. We are using that money to reinvest it into the show, getting on more radio stations the AMP money, by the way, will be going to send me to New York City this weekend. Unfortunately, it's at the same time as the Liberty Forum, but what can you do? Uh, there's a, a major talk radio industry soiree convention going on in New York City, and we can't miss it. So I'll be going to that while, Mark, you will be uh, at the, the New Hampshire Liberty Forum. I'll, I'll be holding down the fort of the forum. I will be at the forum as much as I possibly can, including Thursday night and late, late. I'll be arriving late Saturday night because I don't want to miss a minute of it. I'll, I'll be zooming out of New York City as soon as I possibly can. Don't speed. You're taking my car. But it's a uh, good point. Uh, <laughs> but it's the Free Talk Live uh, amplifier program that makes it possible for us to go to New York City in the first place, makes it possible for us to, for me in this case, to sit on a panel discussion with uh, talking about the state and the future of talk radio. I mean, this is a huge opportunity for Free Talk Live. I'll be up there with New York City program directors, the biggest names in the business. They're including me up there, which is a tremendous honor. And it's because we've had such a great relationship with the folks at Talkers Magazine, having been an advertiser with them now and going on, what, three or four years, I think? That's, it's, yeah. Because of the AMP program. So it's because of listeners like you contributing three bucks a month to this show that really helps raise the profile of Free Talk Live within the talk radio industry. And as our profile uh, raises, more talk radio stations take an interest in the show, pick up the Saturday show, which leads hopefully down the line to them taking the weekday show, which leads to more people just randomly flipping on their, uh, you know, getting in a car at a uh, at the uh, the car rental place at the airport, flipping it on for the first time and coming across Free Talk Live or whatever their circumstance is. That's one of the things that talk radio is great for, is just random people coming across your your program. And in this case, it's a message that uh, that the American people and people around the world really need to hear. So and head want on, to hear. Yeah, head on over to amp.freetalklive.com. Get on board for as little as three bucks a month. As we go to Derek, listening in Colorado. Derek, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, guys. Hey, Derek. What's on your mind tonight? Yeah, the New World Order. Okay, okay what is that? Tell us about it. About the those FEMA camps they're starting to build in America and all that. I don't know. I've heard rumors, but uh, it sounds pretty paranoid to me. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I don't really believe in it because if they would have done it, why would they actually do it? Because I don't think they would actually go against the American people. I don't really believe that the government's trying to kill us or something because the people who think that is kind of paranoid. Am I not right? Well, I don't know. Um, let's let's go for a deeper conspiracy theory here. Imagine you could create a system of uh, slavery where you could, in in any in a given geopolitical landmass, let's call this one the United States of America. Let's say that you could extract somewhere between fifty, sixty, seventy percent of the of the, uh, the 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 fruits of the labor of the anybody who's inside that landmass. And you could have that for yourself without really doing much of anything, or certainly provide certainly well above the the cost of the the, the goods and services that you provide. Wouldn't that be an insidiously uh, uh, insidiously great conspiracy theory? Yeah, that's the one I think we're dealing with. Yeah, you know yeah, people right people like to trot out the the new world order terms, and I think it instantly likens them to a conspiracy theorist. 
Uh, and I, I don't personally want to align with that particular world, even though I certainly do believe there are people in search of power over others who are willing to uh, do all manner of evil things, including drop bombs on people like they are over in Afghanistan and Iraq, or they yeah. did back in uh, Hiroshima and Nagasaki. So, yeah, are there people in search of power? Sure. Do they all call themselves members of this so-called New World Order? Doubtful. It's likely that there are people in search of power around the world that, to some extent, are competing with one another. And it's one of the reasons why you don't have a world government right now today is because, well, the people in governments around the world don't really want to cede their power to some other organization that's going to be above their heads. So I think, to some extent, the so-called New World Order is negated by the fact that there are so many people seeking power. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, anything else you want to share tonight? Yeah, haven't you guys uh, heard about Alex Jones? Yes, he's a, he's a talk show host. Yeah, of course we've heard yeah. about him. Yeah, um, did you hear about that uh, when he was saying 9-11 was an inside job? People have been saying that for a long time. So, yeah, what's, your, what's your point? Like, why are they, is, was 9-11 really an inside job, or was it terrorist attacks? Who, who knows? How would we know? Uh, you know, I mean, yeah. all, he, all he can do is, uh, you know... Uh, you know, predict what's. I don't think it really. To me, it doesn't matter. What matters is is people. The rise of the state, uh, yeah. the uh, the increase of the the uh, the security apparatus and the police state. What matters to me is individual liberty and freedom and the ability to uh, to make our own decisions for ourselves. And as Mark was mentioning before, keep the fruits of our labor and invest it and save it and spend it in the ways that uh, that we think are best individually. That's what matters to me, not whether or not. Uh, there's some evil conspiracy behind uh, the 9/11 attacks because yeah it's like Mark is saying I mean you've got uh, the government out there stealing money from people on a regular basis and they're getting away with that and everybody knows that's happening everybody knows the IRS sucks uh, and everybody knows that uh, anybody that's paying attention at least knows that the police are hurting people and and locking up American uh, the American people to the tune of uh, 1.5 million a year just for so-called drug charges alone so there's all kinds yeah. of con- Concrete evidence out there that we can look at to see that the state is tyrannical and it is anti-human and anti-social and that, uh, in my opinion, it needs to be replaced by some sort of voluntary order. Uh, to me, the the whole conspiracy world is completely immaterial to, to that entire discussion and to yeah. uh, to what's important to me. Thanks for the call tonight. Yeah. Appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. So we continue. The uh, what we started with the beginning of the hour was this uh, nine twelve project thing. The Glenn Beck show or Glenn Beck has put these things together, and I guess is trying to rally people uh, to these points. And I suppose I don't really know what the point of all this is. Uh, it says here on the website, "We the people demand answers." Okay. Well, I I can tell you that that didn't work so well for the We the People organization. There's another organization out there called We the People, and they've been demanding answers of the U.S. government for a, a long time now, and they yeah, haven't gotten Give me liberty dot org. Yes, that's their website, and they have they've been demanding in a major way, demanding answers, but nobody has answered them. But anyway, we're going to go through uh, some of these uh, principles here uh, as we have time remaining, and maybe we'll continue them throughout the week. Number three. I must always try to be a more honest person than I was yesterday. Okay. Yeah, that's great. That's a good one. I you know, work on honesty constantly. I can tell you that, uh, you know, I, th- I think different people, for whatever reasons, whatever experiences they had in their life, um, you know, sort of are more or less honest than others. And, 
it's not something that I excelled at in uh, early parts of my life. I try mm. very, very hard at it um, now, and I at times find myself prone to exaggerating. I like try tonight, not to. when you were talking about the hundreds of people that were members of the Free State Project I think that, that in are the uncounted. Oppo- I think in just the opposite way, you're exaggerating when you take that uh, silly, silly number at the top of freestateproject.org, as if that number defines how many people um, that have signed up for the Free State Project have moved into the state. just a good example of how much more honest I am than, uh, than you are. You, you, you take that on authority? That is dishonest <laughs> because you know it's wrong. I, I, uh, I know it's at least guaranteed to be right. Whereas you don't what? know, well, that's a minimum that is absolutely right. The, I could make a minimum. I could claim that there's one one wrong with that one, and and make a minimum underneath it. It is just a poke in the dark, dude. It's a it's a number. The Free State Project uh, count of people who've moved or who are, are part of the project in New Hampshire is an accurate number based on the number of people who voluntarily chosen to let the Free State Project know that they are now in New Hampshire. Indeed, it is exactly so it that is accurate and so, to that well, no, point. You see, to, to sign up for the Free State Project, there is no. Uh, obligation, no onus upon you once you sign up to report that you have gotten to New Hampshire. So you know for a fact that that number is a is is, is not the truth. I know so for a fact to say the something that's larger, not the truth when you know it's not true is a lie. Uh, no, it, that's not a lie. It's to say that there are at least it's that many people It's just somebody's corroborating your lie, dude. That's, that's all. That's not a lie. It's to say They're that doing there, their it's best, a, it's but a you true know statement to say that it's at least that there are at least that many people in New Hampshire as part of the Free State It's project. a true statement to say half as many of those people are in New Hampshire as possible. That's, that's also true. a true statement. And it's true as I want to make it when I say I speculate that... There are significantly more. As long as you say you speculate. You didn't put the, that word in front of it earlier tonight. I, I don't know what I Just said Just trying to keep tonight. you honest. That's uh, all. Look, that's not dishonesty. <laughs> Propagating a lie is a lie, my friend. We're out of time. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. Of course, uh, you're welcome to call in then and talk about honesty or whatever. And we'll, uh, we'll see if we can continue these throughout the week, the nine principles. See how different they are from what we might want to see happen in, uh, in our lifetimes. See you tomorrow night. Freetalklive.com. The following edition of the Edgington Post interview series is brought to you by the Free Talk Live AMP program. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier today for as little as three bucks a month. Get perks and help us get on more radio stations and more internet connections at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. And here's Mark. All right. And it's another edition of the Edgington Post. And uh, today I've got uh, with me a, a guy who helps people with their uh, issues as far as credit. It's uh, Kevin Hagen and... Kevin, you're an attorney, right? That's right. And you're an attorney with the Credit Repair Law Firm? That's correct. And um, I, it's my understanding, I've, you've been doing some uh, live reads now for the Credit Repair Law Firm for a week, and it's my understanding you help people with foreclosures, bank, excuse me, bankruptcies, judgments, liens, collections, late payments, that kind of thing on their, uh, on their credit reports. Right. Any derogatory, any negative information that a consumer may have on their credit reports, our law firm is able to assist them. So, Unfortunately, uh, nowadays, the bankruptcies and the foreclosures seem to be very, very popular around the country. Yeah, and, and you know, I mean, uh, there are probably people out there with, um, you know, obviously you can help people who have illegitimate charges on their credit report. If they need to buy something like a car or a house, I mean, it's important to have good credit at that time. It can save you thousands of dollars in financing um, if you sure. get, you know, just, just having a better credit report. So yeah, uh, obviously – 
anybody who wanted to, you know, uh, who's get, looking to do those purchases likely should call you. And obviously there are people that have bad um, reportings on their credit report, but I've never found, personally ever found that on mine. But I've had some bad reportings on my credit report that were legit. And, um, you know, I'm just wondering, like, what can you do for people that um, have legit ones versus ones that, uh, you know, are illegitimate? Well, uh, it seems like nowadays everybody, uh, whether they're legitimate or illegitimate, uh, derogatory items that are on the report, have those items on there. And those can happen for several reasons. Uh, the incorrect items may be on someone's credit report uh, by having mismerged files or problems with Social Security numbers, mm-hmm. identities like last names, first names, uh, suffixes being similar and causing someone who would normally have good credit to suddenly have a bad derogatory item appear on the report because of someone with those other similarities that have bad credit suddenly appearing on that person. So certainly those items uh, that exist are uh, should be easier to remove some, from someone's credit report, and those clients we do have come to us and we do assist them to ensure that their credit's reflected properly. Other individuals who face problems, even if it's a legitimate debt that may appear, there are reasons why you can have it removed. You can have a, a, an even a correct derogatory item removed from someone's credit report, for example, because it's obsolete. So if someone's item was on there for a credit card or something that they hadn't paid and it was from several years ago, certainly that item can and should be removed. And one thing that any listener and every consumer should be aware of is that items may remain on their credit report unless they take action otherwise. So we always suggest that somebody obtain their credit reports at least on an annual basis so that you can review your credit reports and determine if there are any items that should be removed, especially those obsolete items that need attention and to be removed from the reports in order to improve their credit score. You know, um, I, I remember I had a situation with a creditor where um, they said I owed a certain thing, and I was like, no, I didn't know that, and they just sent it to um, a collection agency, and I, I, of course, said I'm not paying that because I don't feel like I owe that, and it went on my credit and, and that kind of thing. What can you do with people who have situations where they feel that it's, uh, you know, the the charge, maybe it was in the contract, but who reads these reams of paper they give you, and you just felt it was uh, something that shouldn't be there? What can you do for, for people who have situations like that? Well, if somebody has a concern about an item that appears on the report, uh, as I mentioned, certainly they need to take action. Our law firm's available to help in that, that regard, because when you dispute an item, the credit bureaus are required to verify that certain information exists. So their requirement then is to turn back around to those creditors and ensure the accuracy of the item as it's reported. Our job as the attorney for our clients is to go forward and make sure that these creditors and the credit bureaus are complying with the Fair Credit Reporting Act. If that doesn't happen, one thing that differentiates us as a law firm from other credit repair organizations is that we actually, I hope, know the law better than them, are (laughs) able to enforce the law better than they would be. So... We have a little greater success taking that angle when necessary with the credit bureaus, with the creditors, whatever derogatory items there may exist for all of our clients, and being able to provide them with legal advice, being an attorney as opposed to not being able to provide them with the pros and the cons of of what approaches to take to have derogatory items removed. Now, um, you know, uh, what are some? I mentioned cars and um, houses that uh, people may have to buy. To, you know, that their credit may need to be better for. Can you? Are there other situations that come to your mind that uh, people try to improve their credit scores? What reasons that people try to improve their credit scores? 
Sure, absolutely. Nowadays, one of the one of the, the biggest reasons that I receive some telephone calls is because people, unfortunately, are without employment. So when they go to apply with a new employer, they typically obtain their credit reports, and when they do, and they see that there are problems uh, and negative items affecting someone's credit worthiness, they can take that into consideration for their employment opportunities. Yeah, they do. So, I've seen that happen. As absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it does happen. We see it happen on a daily basis, unfortunately. And it's sad to see somebody who is out of work having uh, the opportunity to go uh, obtain employment and then have an issue come up from a credit card or some other debt that existed in the past and it prevents them from gaining that employment. It, so yeah. that, that seems to be a pretty popular problem nowadays. It could pop up in other situations like obtaining insurance as well. Uh, people would be surprised that their credit, how far-reaching and how important it is in their daily lives. Now, um, you guys are a part of the Better Business Bureau, and I, I know that there's a lot of uh, sort of these uh, credit consolidation companies out there. People have been told to watch out for them, that they're scams. Your company doesn't do the same thing those companies do, but uh, the word credit's in there, so it has a tendency to kind of get uh, muddied about. And I, I love the fact that you guys have been uh, a member of the Better Business Bureau for, for six years. Can you tell me about that and about the uh, Consumer Advocacy Group of America? Absolutely. Sure. We we take great pride in the services that we provide for our clients, and, and that obviously is reflected with these consumer advocacy groups and with the Better Business Bureau, which is an organization that most consumers heavily rely upon when they make a decision as to who would provide service for them. So our A rating with the Better Business Bureau is critical and important for us, and, and we're more than happy to direct uh, potential clients to those websites so that they can review uh, whatever reviews there may be from other clients who have used our services, and to know that we're not like these other uh, organizations, as you mentioned, the debt consolidation, credit consolidation, or other credit repair companies that are also on there. Yeah, uh, One yeah, thing that was... Terribly sorry, Kevin. I, I was just going to say, I've heard a lot of those commercials on the radio. I've never heard uh, the words Better Business Bureau mentioned in those commercials, ever. <laughs> yeah, and I would be concerned about a company that you were seeking to do business with that, that was afraid or did not mention that because it's it's important, and uh, there are plenty of organizations around the country that obviously are proud to be members, and those that are not, certainly you want to check why they're not. It, it sounds like good advice to me. Um, the Consumer Advocacy Group of America, I, haven't, I had not heard of them. Well... That's another organization that, uh, as with many organizations, that seem to uh, more easily appear across the Internet, uh, taking similar approaches as a Better Business Bureau to evaluate uh, consumer relations services um, with entities across the country, providing all types of services. One service that they examined is one, the credit repair business, that's more heavily uh, investigated uh, than some others because of, unfortunately, some bad seeds that are out there taking money and not providing services. Mm-hmm. So this is an organization that actually, without uh, without becoming a member like the Better Business Bureau, uh, they're out there uh, researching, investigating organizations, and they actually had contacted us to let us know, and we were surprised when they did, that we were number one on their list wow. as far as credit repair organizations providing that service across the country. Yeah, we said the same thing. We're like, Wow. Who were these guys? And we had to find out what uh, what they were and who they were because uh, certainly we were pleased to find out how they were rating us, but we wanted also to make sure that other people knew that there was a third-party independent company out there evaluating companies such as ours. 
Now, if if one is uh, you know having trouble with uh, you know their, their their credit score, likely they're in the the mire of uh, the, the the debt cycle and you know all the problems that that can create emotionally and uh, you know inside your family and things like that. And it's my understanding you guys don't uh, don't just help people with their credit score, but you give them education too on um, you know what's the best move this way or the or that way. Um, you know, like whether they should file bankruptcy in this this circumstance. It's just financial advice that's included in the uh, in, in in the membership. Absolutely, I like to think that's one of our our bigger services that differentiate us from other companies providing just simply credit repair service. Is that we're looking to educate and and besides restore the credit, so that somebody will know what mistakes they made and how to avoid those mistakes in the future so that they can maintain a healthy credit score. You know, um, I, when I, I had uh, financial issues in the past, it's been, uh, you know, five years or so, but um, at the time, I had no idea what to do, and I could, didn't have anyone to turn to. The bankruptcy attorney says, file bankruptcy. What a surprise. He gets 700 bucks if you do that. Uh, the, the uh, you know, credit consolidation people, if you call them, they say, consolidate your credit into your home. Well, what a surprise. They get money if you do that. There was nobody out there that had sort of an unbiased opinion uh, and that I could ask that there was an expert in this field. And that's one thing that we do. Uh, we take the time, whether it's on the telephone, in person, however we need to consult with our clients to help evaluate their situation and provide them that unbiased uh, input and insight into the possibilities of bankruptcy, credit consolidation, debt consolidation, credit repair, and all the alternatives that are available to them. Now, um, you guys are a law firm, um, and when I hear law firm, what I think of is expensive. Um, and it, obviously, we haven't talked about rates at this, up to this point, and I'm, if people have made it this far, they're probably in circumstances that uh, you know, they might be able to use your, your help. And you know, what kind of rates could they expect? Because you know, if they're in these circumstances, they can't afford a whole bunch. Yeah, we realize that, and we certainly want to take that into consideration when uh, we did, when we set our pricing that, that we've uh, kept for many, many years, and, and certainly it is affordable. We charge a, a low $59.95 monthly fee uh, for the credit repair services that we provide to our clients, including the, the other information as far as the education and maintenance of their credit uh, reporting. One thing that's important when you ask about pricing, too, if you have somebody that's looking for a hefty upfront fee uh, to provide credit repair services, I think you ought to think twice before you utilize those services because credit repair organizations should not take those types of upfront fees before providing services. So um, for this uh, 60 bucks a month, uh, pretty much, uh, how long does, I mean, do you have to sign a contract? Are you in for 24 months? How, how does that work? We do provide a contract because our clients need to provide us with the power of attorney in order to deal with their credit bureaus. But the contract, including that power of attorney that someone signs, is cancelable at any time by the client. So if it's after one month, three months, six months, whenever they would like, they can at any time tell us they would like to cancel it, they'd like to put it on hold, whatever the situation may be, and then we understand and we, we deal with the client as however we need to. You know, um, Kevin, I before we did this interview, I did know what your monthly rates were, and um, you know, at the th I can't feign uh, surprise at this point, but I can tell you when I heard it, I was like, "Wow, there's no way you can provide." I I couldn't believe that available out to pe there to people, and this is the reason that. 
I pushed uh, Stephanie, your uh, your office manager there, so hard um, is I, I, I couldn't believe that this service was available to people for $60 a month. And uh, essentially, they could get all the advice they need to get for 60 bucks. Obviously, it's probably going to take longer than that to clean up their credit, and, and they'll probably end up spending uh, 120 or 180 But I can tell you I spent a lot more than that when I had <laughs> um, these issues. And, and to me, that's you know, it, 60 bucks sounds like money well spent to me. Well, most people do spend, like you did, more money, much more money in having these types of services provided to them. Whether they receive the same results or not, I couldn't tell you, but we certainly take great pride in providing the best services. And in return for that, we actually provide a guarantee to our clients that we will improve their credit score over that three-month period of time, as you had mentioned, if it's $180 they may spend, that we will improve their credit, uh, credit score. And if not, we'll refund their money. Very good. And so if people have um, have some credit issues, uh, need to need to be making some purchases, your credit score needs to look good. And this is the best way to, to get that done, um, you know, cheaply and quickly. So go to cleaningcredit.com. That's cleaningcredit.com. Kevin, anything uh, anything else you want to add? Just more than happy to help out whatever consumers are out there listening. Any way uh, we can do that, certainly give us a call. We'd be more than happy to talk to you on the phone. Give us Give your opinion uh, and, and let you know what we think and, uh, and take care of your needs. Kevin Hagen, partner at the uh, credit repair law firm. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Attention, active and separated U.S. military personnel. This message is just for you. You're entitled to benefits that are not available to the general public. You deserve them. Your family deserves them. And we want to make sure you know about them. This is Tim Lewis of iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. Did you know VA programs can allow you to buy a home with no down payment or refi with cash out up to 100% of your home's equity? And because of your service to your country, it's usually easier to qualify for a VA loan than a conventional loan. On your feet! And get all the details at varadio.com iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com or call 800-900-VA-LOAN. varadio.com.